There we go. I just started recording. Um, so I'm doing this traditional Chinese medicine cleanse mm-hmm. that is for <laughs> the five eliminative systems of the body. So the liver, the kidneys, the lymph, which I just learned yesterday that your lymph in your body, right? So your blood has a circulatory system that like, yeah. makes your, your blood move around, but your lymph does not. And so oh. in order to get your lymph moving, you have to move your body. And, and yes. It was like, if you don't move your body, your lymph won't move and then you won't excrete the toxins. They'll just build up in your, in your lymphatic system. And so that movement mm-hmm. is actually really important for clearing your lymphatic system. Um, yeah. I know a bit about that from craniosacral therapy. They, were they do like, Do you know how to move? do it or you did it? Oh, no. No, my, I took uh, my, my son had to see a craniosacral therapist like twice a week for the first two months of his life. Really? Why? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, he had a birth injury. And so his neck, he had torticollis and he couldn't suck. He had no, no. like, he couldn't suck at all. So the only way for him to get like milk from any like boob, bottle, finger, like we tried everything was for him to like get this um, craniosacral therapy. Like it was ridiculous. And so he would lose his sucking ref- reflex if we didn't take him there. What? And it didn't stick until he was like a year old. Whoa. How did you know yeah. to go for craniosacral therapy? Good. good. Thank God you're a birth doula. Yeah, that's why. Because um, that's like, because my daughter had trouble um, feeding as well. And so we took her to the craniosacral therapist. And so we would take... So then I was just like, well, he's probably going to need it because her palate was so high that my like nipple wouldn't stimulate her sucking reflex. So she had to do that with the craniosacral therapist. And so with him, it was just a little more extreme. And his head was like, she would have to like mold his head back into regular shape. Did you have a little cone head baby? No, he's like a square head (laughs) because he had the tight muscle in his neck was was pulling like it was like a force that was making his whole head (laughs) like come apart it was really intense whoa this sounds really intense wow well i've I've seen him recently his head looks great Uh, yeah yeah it finally stuck but we had to like take him there for the first year of his life like all the fucking time it was horrible (laughs) wow that's yeah just i just learned what craniosacral therapy was like last year and i got it yeah. done a couple times i just fell asleep every time it's so nice yeah i haven't done it myself but um the lady who we would go to she was amazing she had like magic fingers and could you know she'd touch you somewhere and she could tell you everything that was going on in your whole body it was ridiculous oh my god yeah okay my lady wasn't like that so maybe i need to go to someone else yeah but she was magical it, it was good um Wait, okay, so that was three. So your lymph system. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Um, my lymph system, my bowel system, and then your adrenals. Mm-hmm. And so basically what this cleanse consists of, for all of you who are curious out there, it's undiluted lemon juice. Ooh. Undiluted. And a lot of herbs. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Uh, for anywhere from three to seven days. I'll see how I'm feeling after day three. Um, but I eased into it by eating only like raw fruits and vegetables for two days. 
Um, mm-hmm. And even that was hardcore. Like the amount of stuff that I started detoxing and releasing was wild. I was like sleeping all day, headache. I was like, had my little Krispy Kreme shakes. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's so hardcore. So I'm just now starting to feel like, whoa, a little bit alive. Yeah. But I can feel, you know, I don't know if it's my chi or life force or prana or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I can feel it starting to come back a little bit today. Um, but Is it kind of like so- a fast? Like, will it yeah. stimulate so- ketosis at some point? And then you'll feel good. Then you'll feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll fully go into ketosis. You only do three doses of the lemon juice, and then you mm-hmm. just make those doses larger and larger uh, as you go on. So right now it's five lemons for every meal, five squeezed lemon juice, and you just drink that and three times a day. Um, mm-hmm. And then they were saying you can go up to 20 lemons. Oh, it's like oh, a full dang. ass. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so we'll see. I don't. It'll be interesting. We'll see how far I go, but I have, I had this dream where I was telling myself in the dream, I was like, you're going to get cancer if you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was like me talking to me in the dream and I was like, you're going to get cancer if you don't clean up your diet. Like, so you just get to choose, is cancer something you want to experience in this lifetime or not? It's like, no judgment. Yeah. Sounds like your your higher self is giving you a some real talk totally and then <laughs> i am blessed to have a community full of like herbalists and you know a couple of my really good friends that's are so like nice masters at, at herbalism and and chinese medicine so i've got great support but um but yeah so whew. but it's interesting because i had a message that came through for someone else that they were like this does not resonate at all for me <laughs> and then i was like oh shit maybe this message was for me which was um, that, like, in order to get to your next level, you have to work on the physical vessel and you have to, mm. like, yes, cleanse and purify and nourish and, like, raise the vibration of your vessel because, like, you're – something along the lines of, like, you your physical vessel can't be in the vibrational reality right. that – you're being led to. So this is going to be the block for you getting to your next level. It's not like business. It's not, you know, yep. like whatever manifestation or whatever. It's like literally like stop eating junk food <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you can create the business and have everything you want. So when it didn't land with them, I was like, maybe this is for me. And then the longer I sat with that, I was like, Ooh, that does feel like it was probably, probably me. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> me. So anyways, for those of you who have not figured it out yet, I am with the incredible Monet, who Aww. is a participant, co-creator, and incredible leader in the 16 Keys Mastermind. Uh, and we're here today to talk all things interesting, all things <laughs> interdimensional, and everything alien, because... Monet, well, I'll I'll let you tell a little bit about your story um, and okay. sort of the business awakening that you've been on um, throughout your journey this past year. But uh, Monet is, to me, she is the alien encyclopedia, the intergalactic <laughs> uh, Britannica. You Ooh, name I like it. that. 
yeah, anytime I have a question about alien things or I have like seeing something <laughs> in a dream, I'm like, Monet, what is this? Who are they? Yeah. What's happening? Um, and in that sense, it's just been amazing being in Monet's space because she's such an incredible resource. Uh, but yeah, tell the people about <laughs> you. Gosh, yeah. It's like, where do I start? Um, well, I used to be terrified of aliens. Maybe that's a good place to start. That is Did you know interesting. That? I had no idea. Oh, my God. I avoided everything alien for almost my whole life. Because really? Why? It was like, this is going to sound crazy, but it was like soul PTSD. Okay. Yeah. No. I get from that. my, like, from my, um, the past life that was like trying to bleed over into this life. <laughs> because when I was little i used to i used to like sit and pray and meditate every day like m several times a day that Whoa. the aliens wouldn't come and uh, attack here <laughs> no way yeah and that i wouldn't be, yeah isn't that weird and that i wouldn't be like I, it was like this immense feeling of responsibility that yeah. i had when i was like seven or eight was when this started and I was like, and that's because that's when I started meditating. <laughs> yeah, what little six-year-old is meditating? <laughs> it's because I went to um, the SRF, which is it's um, Self-Realization Fellowship. It was founded by Paramahansa Yogananda, who oh. he brought meditation over from the West. I mean, from the East from to the, the East West. To the West. In the 1920s. And he established a temple in Encinitas where I was born. Wait, you're from Encinitas? <laughs> Yes. You didn't know? What? I had no idea. Yeah. This is weirdly mind-blowing. Encinitas <laughs> comes up for me, like, literally so often. Uh -huh. And somebody was even like, you should move to Encinitas. And I was oh, like, my God. Oh. I want to move back to Encinitas. I love Encinitas. Yeah. You would love Encinitas. I've, yeah. I have driven through it. I haven't, like, really spent a lot of time or hung yeah. out there. But um, that's so I weird. spent my whole life Encinitas. there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you're out being And so that's where... Hippie. Yeah, because that's where Yogananda, his whole like, um, that was his home base, basically. He has a home there and yeah. big meditation gardens and stuff. And so, yeah. So anyway, that's where I went to church. That's where I learned how to do things in Sunday school, learned how to meditate and stuff. And yeah, so I would sit there and I would pray that our planet would not get under some sort of apocalyptic like scenario that the the aliens wouldn't attack and that the dinosaurs wouldn't come back those are like my three big things and to like end world hunger and like all this like really super serious shit that most seven-year-olds aren't concerned with um and i would just like sob and cry like every day because i was like i can't i can't do enough it was like the the weight of the world was like on my shoulders well, and then this makes so much sense once you learn yeah. the rest of Monet's story, right? <laughs> yes. Like once you start getting the context <laughs> clues and, and once mm -hmm. we start going in and talking about those past lives. Mm -hmm. so, so you start off as terrified by aliens and then yes. fast forward to right before you join the first round of the 16 Keys. Yes. So then I start getting discover... some messages. Oh, okay. What did those messages through... look like? So they were, I'm convinced it was my guide who was hijacking social media, giving me messages. And they were like, they were thoughts. <laughs> they were like, 
in the form of they were about aliens and they were mm. basically like, you know, I'd be on TikTok or something and then I'd get a um, a video on my for you page that is like about um, like the Galactic Federation or something. And, you know, something and I've been like so completely walled off from anything aliens like my whole life that I was just like. It's like all these little messages like that kept coming through. And it was like, oh, wait, maybe they're nice. Like maybe most of them are nice and they're not all trying to attack us. And then it then what happened? So this is I don't know if I told you about this. So I got this video that came on like on my feed on TikTok and it was a quantum hypnosis session. So like a past life regression of somebody who was Lyran who had um she was like sobbing like and this isn't a typical tiktok video like i've never seen anything like this since then and she was like sobbing because she didn't want to be here on earth and she wanted to go back home and i saw that and it was like something like just struck this chord in me and i was like i don't know what is going on here but like i've never felt so like related to anything so much in my life and so I like did, you know, a hot minute of Googling. It's like I learned a little bit. Well, that was, that was like my introduction to the idea of a starseed or um, different galactic races, things like that. And then I was just kind of like, okay, Google is a mess. <laughs> Google you is know. A, a hot mess express when it comes to trying to <laughs> decipher or find information around this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I was just kind of like, well, okay, I need to do some sort of past life session like this at some point. I couldn't because it was um, a QHHT practitioner. They're only allowed to do it in person. So I couldn't work with the specific person. But um, yeah. And, and then, <laughs> then I ended up long story short becoming a quantum hypnosis practitioner and having my own session and that's when it's like pandora's box just opened the floodgates came through yeah so yeah i'm curious to know about before your first session mm-hmm. what you were nervous about what you were feeling like cuz i'm yeah. sure you know I've been gone into hypnosis quite a few times with somebody who's very close to me, but never specifically like a quantum hypnosis. Oh yeah, it's very different, very very different. Yeah, so I'm curious what what were what what was making you nervous, or or what was your feeling? Maybe you weren't nervous at all, but what were your feelings before you went into your session? Okay, so I was already a quantum hypnosis like practitioner by then and I was doing sessions on other people, and so I was kind of like, well, I'm supposed to do a session on myself like, or have, you know, somebody doing for me so that I know how to explain it better to clients. Um, and so I, I, w- I kind of had an idea that I was going to find out about a past life off of earth because I'd already read like the three waves of volunteers, um, by Dolores Cannon, which is a collection of hypnosis sessions from other, um, star systems. And so, I had already kind of, I was a stereotypical like starseed type of a person. So I was kind of like, well, I'll probably find out something interesting. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I checked all of these boxes. And so yes. had you, at this point, had you been in a session that you were leading with somebody where they had one of these past life memories yes. off earth come up? 
Oh, yes. okay. So you'd mm-hmm. already experienced it from the other end. Yes. And those are my favorite sessions. Like I was, I was always like secretly hoping every time I would work with somebody that they would, it would be an off planet session. Cause I was just like, so, um, thrilled every time that happened. It was so interesting to me. So I, I thought I was going to learn about something, you know, I had a lot of questions. The way this works is you kind of come in with an intention to find out about. So the intention was, um, to learn about like why I was always so sensitive in this lifetime, why, you know, I have a ton of medical issues. It was like, why, (laughs) what is the reason? And if that has anything to do with something I experienced in a past life. And so, and the, the starseed ones I'd already experienced with people, it was like, it was kind of like, you know, they were watching a movie maybe. And it was like, they were getting relaying to me what they were seeing. Mm. But when it happened for me, it was like I became the entity, <laughs> the, my past self and mm, experience. I was living, I was channeling it. Wow. And um, I ex- like my voice dropped lower, like all this like crazy stuff happened. And like my pace of my talking was different. The words I used were different. This was like about halfway through the session where something like s- <laughs> the switch flipped. <laughs> mm. And um yeah, I, I experienced this completely devastating event that connected every single dot of my whole life together. Mm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what yeah. you experienced in that session? Yeah. I know it's intense. Yeah, I've talked about it a lot. And and also I have this on my podcast if anybody wants to actually listen to the real session. It's very oh, yeah. interesting. What, do you know what episode it is? Um, I just re-released it um, oh, uncut because I the first time I like butchered it because I was like, everybody's going to think I'm so weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the second time I was like, like, whatever. Let me make this past life session where I'm talking about aliens less weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I didn't want to. I was so afraid of like scaring people off. But this time I was yeah. just like, I'm just going to lay it all out there because uh, cool. I don't care anymore. Yeah. So it's the, it's the Star Seed Awakening podcast, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just for, uh, for anybody who's looking for it in iTunes right now. Yeah. And I think it's like episode 26 or something is the uncut one. But um, yeah, so it was me where I like saw myself on this planet that I knew wasn't Earth. And I was looking out over the ocean and it was kind of like I, I didn't exactly know what I was experiencing. Um, but it was like all of this emotion came up. And it was just like, I just felt like I needed to just sob. And so the practitioner that I was working with, which was, this is kind of a whole other story where she had like put out a call for somebody who wanted to swap sessions with me. Um, And she was like, I feel called to do the session for you. I feel like we might have known each other in a past life. Mm. Spoiler alert. We We were working together on the Galactic Federation like at some point which is what we wow. found out later, but it's really interesting. But so she knew all this stuff about aliens. So that was fortunate because she was able to like really, really <laughs> know what questions to ask and right. kind of guide me, you know? But um, yeah, there was like, there it was the aftermath of an attack on my planet. And what was determined was that... Um, it was it basically it's the first planet 
in the first galactic civilization. This is the um, Lyran constellation. It looks different than it does now, but um, yeah, so it was the first planet, and then it was this big war that happened that when I was say, a part of. When you say gal the first galactic civilization, does that mean like inter yeah. interstellar travel or inter? I don't know the terms. <clears throat> Sure. Well. So, yeah. So it's the Lyrans are the root race of our galaxy. Okay. In the Milky Way. In the Milky Way. Yeah. Okay. And they came, they were invited here from another galaxy. Oh, who invited and them? They, uh, the founders. Oh, who are the founders? <laughs> the, they sound the like founders. people I should be rubbing shoulders with. Uh, yeah. They're, um, they are kind of like, they're like the creation beings of our galaxy. Like, they're the ones who decided to create life in our galaxy. Oh, okay. And they're like, you know, a group. They're not physical entities. They're life entities. Yeah, I was guessing they're probably a little more advanced <laughs> than the physical plane. Um, yeah. So it was an attack. There was an attack on this planet. Yes. So there was a race of, um, they're the Draconians. And they are a reptilian race, which explains my fear of dinosaurs. I like I had say, this irrational fear of dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> like I saw Jurassic Park and I was completely traumatized. <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> terrified of dinosaurs. Um, but yeah, so they're a reptilian race. Uh, and that are n probably not from our galaxy, but they, they came here. And um, in exchange... They, they, it was like a setup basically. They had wanted to, um, they said, Oh, we're going to explore your planet. We'll give you some tech advanced technology. And, uh, cause they were a more advanced race than we were. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but then it ended up, and there was like a treaty. And then, like, what happened was they ended up just attacking us instead. And we were caught off guard. And so, what had happened, what was coming through in the session was that I was working with the Federation of the time at the time, which is um, that was like promoting peace within the galaxy. Mm. And um, I had tried to convince the other members of the Federation that this was a bad plan because I had known, like I intuitively knew that they were going to deceive us. And nobody listened to me. And then our planet was attacked. And I managed to escape with my family and some other families that I was able to warn. And then, yeah, there's a lot more details. But <laughs> Yeah, you can, you can listen on her podcast if you want yeah. a full deep dive. Because it's gnarly. It's wild. It's intense. It's vivid. It's like a very, it's a lot. So... That was your first session. That was my <laughs> was first experiencing, session. Experiencing, watching. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy to think about. I actually, the first time you told me about this, I like really yeah. tried to put myself in the shoes of like, okay, imagine not just your home being destroyed. Imagine mm -hmm. not just the city that you live in being wiped mm -hmm. out. The city you've lived and you grew up and the high school that you went to and your favorite ice cream place and all of that stuff where all your history is having that wiped yep. up. Not even your country, right? And then the war in Ukraine started. And so I was thinking a lot about like, wow, these people who just like are going to go back and it's just their countries and the cities and their countries have just been wiped out, right? 
Yeah. But imagine like being on a ship in outer space, watching your planet be destroyed. Yeah. And watching it like it just, I was like, could not wrap my head around the emotional experience of this, like if the earth was destroyed. Right, right. Well, and and it wasn't just that they were like our our planet was like overtaken and the the people were trapped and enslaved. And it was my responsibility. Like that's that was the one of the core themes that came from it was that like I left and I escaped, but I knew it was my responsibility to go back and try to fix it. Mm. And it ended up being like a a hopeless situation. They never got it back. Um and so it was that feeling of like, I'm not doing enough. I need like, I, I'm this like powerless type of a, a theme, um, which I, I could was easily like obviously tapped into when I was a child, how it right. like carried over from that, which is, and I so just like this session, I sobbed <laughs> like it was like a two and a half hour session and I just like sobbed the whole time and let like so much of that grief that had been stored within me for so long was like finally able to release it mm. Mm. and so just out of my own personal curiosity yeah. what's the current situation now is it still continue the same is that still what's going well, on on that planet or? so it was 50 million years ago oh so it's been a minute it's been a minute. <laughs> so in a pre, so um, I was still feeling like a lot of emotion and guilt about that because I never found out what happened. Like, like the session ended, um, or at least that part of the session ended when it was like, I have to go back. And so then I never found oh, out damn. what happened. <laughs> oh my so, and so then I felt, I just was very like, my heart was really heavy for a long time after the session, wanting to know what happened. But then I ended up having a, another session to see if we could revisit it. And what happened was, was this, <laughs> this is a whole other thing, but my parallel self who is alive now, who is a Lyran on a ship mm -hmm. around the earth, she told me, we've moved on. It's time for you to move on too. Oh, wow. Like we've well, healed we, as in As in as Lyran, a species. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like we've made peace with it. Like it so it, it's time for you to let that go too. And so since then that that was extremely helpful. Yeah. So powerful. So <laughs> what <laughs> what happens, right? Mm -hmm. When you have such a powerful experience of discovering some key piece not just of who you were but actually who you are now i mean i'm just yeah. so curious to like dig into this because it's like a you know all my work is identity work so i'm always curious oh, yeah. about like there's just like an immediate suddenly identity expansion shift so mm -hmm. what were the days after that like and and what started shifting for you oh my gosh yeah i i the way i describe it is it was an identity explosion like it was like all of the building blocks of my current identity just like fell to the floor. And it was like, I had the choice of how I wanted to reassemble them back together because it was like, 
I could deny that any of that happened <laughs> and be like, yeah. that was weird. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but it was so like it just felt so real and explained so much and touched something like at the soul level that had never been touched before that it was like well <laughs> okay this is the truth so now what so it was like how do I rebuild my own identity of who I am and who I want to be in this lifetime and who who I'm going to be after, who I was before, <laughs> like all these questions. Uh, yeah, it was it was a very. I remember that the night it happened was or the day the night following the day it happened was like probably the loneliest like night of my life, like just feeling so just like, who do I even talk to about this? And fortunately, I, I knew I could talk to you <laughs> because yeah. it just felt like, you know, I, I talked to one of my best friends about it and she was like, okay, just remember, like, it's, it's okay if you need to tell yourself, like, my name is Monet and I am standing here on planet Earth. <laughs> and Like, these are my family. These are my family. Because it just felt like, it felt like I didn't know who I, who I it was so destabilizing. Yeah. Incredibly destabilizing. I would imagine so. I mean, I've had limited experiences being pushed into parallel experiences or, um, mm -hmm. you know, working with plant medicine and leaving my body and consciousness. And it's like you come back and it's like even the something happens to the barriers of your ego. They become like permeable yeah. in this strange way. Mm -hmm. That is very decentering of like, okay, this is me, but two hours ago, this wasn't me and my consciousness <laughs> yeah. is somewhere else. And like, what's going on here, folks? Yeah. And it was like, just so many questions. I just had about a million questions that I had no access to at the moment, which was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, because I had always kind of had this idea of like, okay, this is my soul's journey. And this is my, um, you know, these are my soul contracts. And this is my soul family. And this is what I'm here to experience in this lifetime. And then all of a sudden that was like thrown out. And I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> like none of this is true at all. <laughs> like that was just me kind of interpreting things. And now I have to get used to this entirely new world <laughs> that I just felt like I was kind of thrown into the middle of the ocean and like, here you go, swim. <laughs> like, Right. You're like, where do I even start swimming to? Like, what's... Yeah. What's and wild? who do I even talk? Like, how do totally. I even know which way is north? <laughs> like... Totally. I, I think that's such a... Well, there's two things I want to say. One is, for those of you who are listening who, you know, haven't watched enough episodes of Ancient Aliens, which is <laughs> is very dubious information, by the way. Correct. I say that, I say that very lightheartedly. Um, but who haven't explored, right, like alien theory or maybe some of the channeled materials from these beings or even any of uh, Dolores Cannon's work is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. You know, The Three Waves of Volunteers is an amazing book to begin with. Uh, if you're just kind of starting to dip your feet into, huh, what if it is true that we're not the only 
beings <laughs> in the entire universe, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's there's two things I want you to consider. So the first is is that astronomists have conjectured or surmised or done mathematical equations, and they have come to the conclusion that for every grain of sand on the Earth, there is likely a, a, an inhabitable Earth, a life-sustaining planet in the universe, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just to give you a rough idea of the abundance of other Earths there are all over the galaxy and the universe that have been yeah. harboring and cultivating life, or at least have the conditions to do so, Right to think that ours is the only one that managed to have life come up on it is a little bit, I think, narrow-sighted. Right? It's a little like yeah, <laughs> egotistical. Like we're oh, special. Yes, we're special. The sun revolves around the earth. Right? It's very like that yeah. kind of medieval psychology of like oh yeah, the everything must just revolve around the earth. We must be right. the center of the universe. Oh, right? that's such a good uh, comparison. Yeah. So um, it's a little bit of that thinking, like exceptionalism <laughs> that we're special somehow. Yeah. Um, and many people, I think, can get on board with the idea of past lives and karma or reincarnation on some level, right? Maybe you've mm -hmm. had a pet that has then come back to you in the form of another pet. Or um, I just think most people listening to you can probably somehow wrap their heads around reincarnation, right? Sure. Um, and that's a common teaching, right, in Buddhist and, and Hindu traditions. So it's really not that much of a step further to understand that if reincarnation is in fact a phenomenon that happens that our souls you know and we already know that energy can't be destroyed it can only change forms right mm -hmm. so if you believe that the energy that is your soul somehow comes back into being and retaining containers that have certain levels of consciousness it's really not that far of a jump and you believe that there are literally trillions of earth-like planets it's not that yeah. far of a jump to believe that you could be reincarnated or have reincarnated from a lifetime that was on another planet, mm -hmm. right? So yes. this is that's how I got there, right? That was just yeah. my thinking process as, as I thought through it. And I was like, okay, let's just like sit down and, and think about this logically. I'm like, I do believe in reincarnation. Um, and I do believe that the, the things that the NASA science people are telling me. And so I'm like, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Why would why would it only be reincarnation on one planet? If we're literally transcending the physical plane, then there wouldn't really be any limit to where our souls could go or reincarnate. Right. And it's there's kind of a more um I think that's where I started, right? Which is yeah. kind of like, oh, so you can like that would make sense to maybe hop around planets and like so then the next question is like, is that random or is there some sort of like method to the the path that your soul takes and so that's kind of Ooh. like the place where i got really interested is the path of these different galactic civilizations in our galaxy and how and that's like that's one of my favorite things to talk about is like how how our souls journeys each one of us is so different and we are a soul braid of all of these different civilizations within us. Oh, let's talk about that for a minute because I am fascinated. And I don't know anything about this. You know, yeah. I know loosely about something about uh, maybe it's the Arcturians that have the uh -huh. soul gate or 
Oh, the, the Stargate, the Arcturian the Stargate. The Stargate. Yeah. Is that what I'm talking about? And I think yeah. that has something to do with like reincarnation. There's like a liminal place yeah. basically where many of our souls go um, mm-hmm. before we choose our next lives. Um, but yep. other than that, I don't know anything about like how we choose where we go or where we want to. Yeah. Oh, this is my favorite topic. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's talk about it because I'm so curious. Yeah. So most of us. Um, well, OK, so you kind of have to think about most of us who are here who are listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that they are most likely going to be souls that have lived thousands of lives. They're old souls who have volunteered to come here at this crucial time in our planet's history where they're here in service to others and to just be and to like radiate themselves and their energy and their soul's light to everyone around them. And I would say those would be most of the people who are listening to you. Um, and so people that fit this category, I would I would uh, label them as star seeds, um, would be those who maybe volunteered to come here on earth specifically at this time versus the kind of like, I call them like OG earth souls who have been here a long time, but they've probably gone through other star systems to get here um but those paths are going to be different the volunteers versus the people who have just been here forever and are just working through their regular kind of karma yeah i was so, gonna say the the ogers yeah. probably have a lot more earthly karma that they're trying to work through, yes yeah? and they have most of them have come through um systems like you know from earth maybe they were at in maldek or orion or I don't Maldek. know Maldek. <laughs> yeah, Tell that's the, Maldek. Is a it was a planet that was in Earth's um solar system that became the asteroid belt that got destroyed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who destroyed it? Uh the Orions. Oh. Not so friendly, yeah. are they? Mm, some of them. Some of them are friendly, but wait, is uh, Orion the one? Well, there's a whole because, thing about Orion. <laughs> yeah. Are they the ones that are like going through went through like super polarity? Yes. Was that them? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about them because I read that book yeah. that you suggested or I started. Oh, and I lost yeah, the, it. the golden the golden lake. Yeah. The golden lake that was talking yeah. about how like their pathway to ascension ended up being through polarity or yes, something. Through um mm-hmm, through integrating polarity because their system was like it was like earth on steroids because earth you know we're obviously pretty polarized here and but a lot of the orion karma is being worked out here right now because oh, those really? souls from orion came to maldek came to here oh damn <laughs> or atlantis actually that's another one a lot of people who were in atlantis are og og earth souls who were in had some sort of dealings with Atlantis. Okay. I or can I ask you questions okay. about Atlantis? Every time oh you my say God. a word, I'm like, I have a million answers because I've just been, I just had the best quantum hypnosis session with an, this amazing client who described the whole thing with Atlantis. Cause she was there and it was, I have all the answers now, every okay. single one of them. Great. Because <laughs> I feel like Atlantis is one of those things that you hear about and see about and is talked about a lot in pop culture. And of course, it just feels yeah. so murky, the information. It's like you hear conflicting oh, information yeah. about it all the time. And so it's like, for me, I'm like, well, what was really going on there? Um, yeah. And, oh, if my microphone dies, it's beeping at me. So if my microphone dies, um, just let me know. Okay. Um, 
here's my kind of loose understanding of it. Okay. And it's going to be This is totally my favorite wrong. topic right now. I'm so happy yeah, we're talking okay, about this. Okay, great. So it's like, it's almost like it's a parallel reality in the past or some other dimensional reality. Or it was like a, it was like a, like a fourth dimensional uh-huh. society or something. Okay, yeah. you're not in your head. And yeah. so it's like, but also in the past, but also it was like humans evolved to a certain place and then it collapsed. Uh-huh. Oh, and can I just tell is, you the story? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Like this is what I'm dying to tell you. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Tell me the story. Okay. I'm going to change my batteries. You tell me the story. Okay. So I just had this client who she, every once in a while, I stumble upon somebody who's just like a true channeler and she, she was able to like literally it was like a movie give me every single detail about Atlantis because she was there um before it happened and uh while it happened and when it collapsed and she left so um basically Atlantis and Lemuria they're these two different civilizations that were on earth and they were civilizations in which star people you know aliens were integrated among humans oh yes this is the oh. only time that's happened on our planet so um like around, freely like that this was around what time period yes so okay right now we just started the next lemurian cycle on our planet oh. in 2012 before that it, there was 13,000 years so it was about 13,000 years ago was when this all went down disintegrated yeah but before that uh because that was the atlantean cycle before 2012 backtracking now twenty six thousand years ago was when the lemurian cycle started on our planet which is this time of um integration peace awakening um and so that's why the conditions on earth and the energy here was con- conducive is that the word yeah yeah, conducive <laughs> for um, having Earth potentially awaken. So this is when they tried to awaken Earth as a species. Who back then? The, people. the star people. The star the people. Oh, people they from tried it. like Arcturians, Andromedans, Pleiadians. Um, they're all different types of people here, Syrians, and so they were here colonizing and trying to encourage the Earth people to kind of hop on board this awakening ship because it was what does um, it mean to awaken yes so that means to um to integrate polarity on the planet okay to come together so that you can join the galactic community and become aware of yourselves as a species as opposed to just this floating rock in space where people are warring with each other all the time Got you. And so why is integrating the polarity really important in, in awakening? Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine yeah. probably off the top of my head, I'm like, you don't want a species to join the Galactic Federation if they're like, don't have integrated no. polarity and they're super like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it'd be like entering. Yeah, it'd be like, zone. yeah, it'd be like inviting a teenager to be on the UN or something like it's like doesn't make any sense because Got we have you. been in our adolescence as a species for a long time 
God, and so awakening, awakening is another word for like mature maturation. Yes, species. So spiritual. Yes, is it coming spiritual in maturation. It's spiritual, and it's it's um you know it's the time where we ascend from a third density civilization into a fourth density civilization as a whole, and the Explain way that to the people. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here, <laughs> there's so many things we could talk about. Yeah. Here in in third density consciousness, this is a time associated. It's kind of like the Atlantean era. It's just where we've been for a very long time, which is a time of war. You know, it's a time where people, you know, all of our egos are, um, well, I guess let me, it's okay. <laughs> like I could take this so many directions. So it's a time where people are more of service to the self. They're not yet in service of the group or the, you know, um, the whole. And so we are right now, we're at the cusp right now. There are, we're kind of in the middle. Think of the density spectrum as a rainbow. So the colors kind of bleed together a little bit. So right now we're in this like third, fourth um, cusp time. We're, we're platform and, nine and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the people, um, yeah, it's like you're you're not. It's okay. Here we go. So, it's a time of separation, separation of the self. So you you're you don't realize that the person in front of you is the same consciousness that is within you. Mm, okay. Yes. There's only one of us here. Yeah. I got it. right. And so then you know, with that also comes wait. You know, it's not just us here. There's the same consciousness all throughout our galaxy and our universe. Right. And so that is species awareness and being ready to, you know, join the greater community. But it's like they we need to, like, clean up our shit first because we're kind of a mess right here. Well, yeah, we can't even we're like, oh, <laughs> we can't even like get yeah, along not with fight other. with each other. <laughs> like, it's totally. It's like ridiculous. what what I mean, it's just so crazy. Right. It's like. People from two different neighborhoods don't get along or people yeah. you know, like living on other sides of a border are fighting. And it's like, OK, well, if we can't get along with ourselves because of the quote unquote differences, like imagine right. what a hard time we're going to have seeing the humanity uh, of an alien of another civilization. I mean, yeah. it's so it's they think it's funny that like we're, you know, our space program, it's like we're trying to figure out what else is out there. But it's like we don't know how to like recycle our own waste you know it's like we're so behind because we've yeah. been focused on you know on self. more self-serving things so yeah. so yeah so atlantis and lemuria these well, two on. civilizations okay i want to go back to the because because i think there's more <laughs> yeah. to it that you said sure. so what's but what is actually when you talk about third density consciousness sure. to fourth density consciousness mm -hmm. like is it just that shift from ego to service to others or oh yeah so it's also um yeah, you you retain the the ego awareness, so you still have an identity okay. as yourself, but you also have the an identity as everyone else. And oh. so, as this happens, um, negative orientation is harder to maintain because if you're well, and also you you know things start to develop develop like telepathy and things like that, and so it's like. You can't hide your intentions from somebody who sees what you're thinking. You know what I mean? So, right. So yeah. any of the the negatively oriented people are, you know, it's it becomes kind of obvious that they don't they don't even want to be here. And so 
then we get, get gain this group species group species um consciousness consciousness okay and um yeah so for example there are think of like the pleiadians they're still in fourth density right now but they're at like the top level of fourth like they're because it's a spectrum they're at the very kind of like higher end of that and so your community and your civilization gets much much stronger when you are able to um, work together to fix your problems as opposed to and that is really what integration is that is the moving of both sides with like that willingness to come together and solve your problems and integrate so interesting the keyword that keeps coming to me is like harmonizing like harmonics Mm. like there's a deeper uh harmony of the collective species system as understanding itself as an organism that begins to harmonize with itself as it taps into the it's almost like you know, I think of of this a lot, like the the body as a great metaphor. And it's like if you have these cells that are attacking these other cells and the, the liver's like, I'm going to do my own thing. And then your heart's <laughs> right. like, well, I just – I'm only going to serve myself and I'm only going to uh-huh. blood to me and not anywhere else, right? It's like the organism – all of the organism collapses, right? Not just right. one part of it. And so there's this consciousness shift that's occurring, I think, uh, especially rapid globalization. People yeah. are realizing like, oh, mm-hmm. we're all in this together. Like mm-hmm. group project, don't destroy the earth. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So yeah. I think that a lot of people are awakening to that very deeply and understanding that like there there really is only one of us here. Like, yes. And that is, that's exactly the process we're going through on earth right now. And that's why we're all here. Like all of us volunteers are here is to help kind of influence that as much as we can. Um, so that <laughs> because we, we kind of need this process to happen expedited a little bit. So, so that we don't blow ourselves up. And, yeah. Well, know. what's in it for the, what's in it for the aliens? Like, why do oh, they care whether we. this question. And we'll yes. come back to the Atlantis and Lemuria, I promise. Yeah. But I've got questions. Why are yes. they so invested in what's um, going on on our planet? Because they have been here since the beginning. Okay. They have like held our, they helped to seed us here. What does that mean? They, that means that like our DNA is their DNA. And, but how did they, they stuck us in the ground like little seeds? How did they, how did they, see, so, yeah okay, they we gotta talk about okay. that <laughs> what happened see, there, there's so much um yeah. okay so um back when and there's a book you can read about this if you're interested keepers of the garden is great it's a dolores cannon book i actually recommend that one to read first before oh really okay three waves yeah three waves can be kind of a lot but um yeah so if earth is like the garden of the extraterrestrials they when they discovered that earth was um, viable Mm -hmm. they helped to seed it with the seeds you can think of as like dna that they helped bring here so that mushrooms here did they bring fungi i that's my theory is (laughs) probably that's my i mean that would make a lot of sense (laughs) well i've got two theories let me finish you what you say what you're saying and i'll tell you my theories (laughs) Um, yeah, so they kind of nurtured us along the way. They came back. They would come here periodically to help 
make sure that we were evolving, you know, in a way that is positive for ourselves. Um, and yeah, and they've just come here over, over time, you know, in the Atlantean times and as well as, uh, during like ancient Egypt times, the Syrians were here a lot. Um, so they've all been kind of helping <laughs> and trying to nudge us. It, the thing is that we are a planet of free will. So it's not like they can come in and overtake our government and be like, here, let's fix your problems. Like we still have to fix our problems, but they've been watching us and helping us for a long time, all these positive um, civilizations. And also we, so this is the cool part, I think, is that we complete the galactic awakening. We're the last piece of the puzzle out of oh. all the civilizations. We're the we're last party to the party. <laughs> well, it's we... supposed to happen that way because okay. we're new. We're pretty new as a civilization. And yeah. our um, evolve. So if you can think of evolution as a spiral. So okay. the top of the spiral, you know, it's kind of longer. That's like the Lyrans. That's where they started, you know, kind of move after the war that I was part of. They spread out and each civilization, the awakening process has gotten shorter. And so we are the very tip of that. We're like the last little rung in the spiral. So does that mean it's going to happen like kind of I'm getting a lot the faster? I'm, get, I'm getting the image of somebody being like shot down a water slide and then like going. That's through basically the what it's. Yep. That's basically what it's been like here on Earth compared yeah. to, for example, the Lyrans. It took them millions of years to even get to a point where we're at right now where they oh, had their wow. awakening. Interesting. So, so yeah. how long, I mean, do you have any estimates for how long you think I know it's going to be? Yeah, yeah, I actually do. Okay. This is exclusive information. Cause, uh, oh my gosh, you it heard it here first. Released... <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so the person that my client right now, who I'm working with, who has a lot of answers, she's been channeling her past self and her past mm -hmm. self is very informative. <laughs> and, uh, what they have been, I asked uh, last session and they said, like, it's going to be in this lifetime. It's just <gasps> going to, yeah. Like, that's what? why we're all here right now. Oh Except it's going to get, it's going to get harder. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna get worse. it's going to get gnarly. But I, I actually, I like kind of know some of the details about what's probably going to happen now. Is it bad or is it good? Do you? It's, it's yeah, I want to know. You want to know? Yeah, I want to okay. know. Hell yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there's going to probably be some sort of world war. Okay. Not surprising. Um, yeah. And we're basically going to almost blow ourselves up and it's going to scare us all. And we're all going to be like, damn, like we need to maybe even destroy all these weapons and all we're going to come together. And stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to come together as a planet. And fight. that's that integration point when there's willingness to move from both sides. And sometimes it takes a major event for that to happen. That makes so much sense. Um, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And so this entity's advice was like, just like hold the course. Like, remember, you're here for a reason. You're here to help with us. And like, it's going to get hard. But the more we can be in community together... Because there's going to be a big boom of people realizing they're not, they're here for, you know, not here. They're here from other places to help with us. Yeah. They didn't just come here to buy, you know, Lexus SUVs and we're like, <laughs> yeah, no. Surprise. No, there's a deeper purpose to your life. Right. And yeah. it's like volunteering here is kind of a big deal because it's, it's like not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so because like That's earth is 
you know, the kind of, uh, I don't know, the skid row of the galaxy. Armpit of the, the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yes. it's like those the, those deep souls that are like, yeah, I'll go help. Wow. Yeah. And so trusting in that process and Helping all of that good stuff. Usher it along. Yeah. Wow, that is so wild. Okay, so here's my theory. Mm-hmm. Is that the Earth, I don't even know how many, whatever, uh, hundreds of millions or billions of years ago, was totally uninhabitable because mm-hmm. there was no way for, um, like, matter to be basically decompose because there were no decomposers, right, on mm. the planet. So mm-hmm. when you think of decomposers, we think of things like bacteria that like eat, you know, and decomposing yeah. things or maggots or fungi are a huge, gigantic decomposer. They oh, decompose yeah, they are. Soil all... health. You have to have fungi in your soil if you want to grow a good garden. Exactly. Um, yep. And, you know, anytime anything dies in the forest, uh, especially like wood and things like that, the fungi are what eat it and and turn it into uh kind of turn it back into energy um yeah and so without those little living beings and creatures the surface of the planet was uninhabitable it was basically all just like these crazy noxious gases and like the temperature was crazy and da, 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 da. i think that because humans and fungi have the closest related dna of humans mm. in any other animal kingdom uh-huh like any other animal kingdom or humans and mushrooms have the closest I did DNA. not know that. Yes. Super wow. interesting. Yeah. So my theory is that the first thing that the aliens did when they seeded life was they seeded fungi on the planet mm-hmm. to, to in order to make the garden inhabitable, right? The same way you that might That like... makes so – I just got like a – I just got a hit, like a confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're right. Yes, I think I'm right too. Um, oh, yeah. To make this, but they saw the potential of it and they're like, oh, we if we just add fungi uh, or bacteria, and there's all of these theories about asteroids hitting and the bacteria, you know, being introduced mm, into the earth and yeah. da, 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 that could very much as well have been uh, by design in order to introduce these decomposers so that our ecology could harmonize to sustain and hold life. And that from there, yeah. then they were able to. Um, Right, because you can't just drop like organisms in if it's not, yeah, it's not ready. Like the conditions aren't right. Totally, and so then that created the the conditions for life to even happen and begin to evolve on this planet. Um, yeah, was so it all started with fungi, and that's the only reason um, that our planet is inhabitable is with is because fungi first developed. So. Um, so that's my that's my little theory about the aliens. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That would line up with the the theory that I'm aware of. Yeah, with the gardening analogy, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, they wanted to start a garden. They wanted a little chia pet and they're like, let's fertilize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Going back, because we've we've <laughs> explored so much. Atlantis and Lemuria. Yes. Okay. So what's the deal? The deal is, so they had tried to, you know, have an awakened civilization here on Earth. The aliens decided to kind of wanted to push it along. They're like, okay, maybe they're ready. Let's Mm -hmm. let's go for it. Okay. 
Yep. And so, and the people there at the time were pretty primitive. Um, but they, but it was like normal, you know, it was like they were used to seeing these star beings. And so it was just like this kind of mixed um, community at uh, Lemuria was kind of more of like a continent. Um, you can think of it kind of like tropical um, setting. Atlantis was where like ancient Greece is. Mm. And so it was like a metropolis. And so uh, Atlantis was created in the like father god type of consciousness. Lemuria was created in the mother god consciousness. So it was the, supposed to be these two civilizations that balanced each other out. Okay. Did they exist at the same time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And were they aware of each other? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then what happened? And there were, uh, you know, there are all these ET beings here that were, you know, helping along and, and helping to you know, with the government and kind of the different aspects like that, um, overseeing things. And then, okay, so this is the crazy part. This is the, this is like, I, I like uncovered this with my client and I've never seen this anywhere else. And so this is like, I'm t using this as like the true story of what happened because nobody knows like what happened. Yeah. Like why they destroyed themselves. But I know now. <laughs> which oh I'm gosh, really excited about. the press, about. people. <laughs> yes. So um, there was a, they decided to have an experiment to create a starseed. The first one on Earth. So okay. what that means is, you know, instead of like an E.T. who's there hanging out, you know, in just openly walking around. Versus like a human who, you know, their soul has been there for a long time, right? What they did was they had a human incarnate with an ET soul, which is what all of us are right now that we're talking about. And so that person, it went, that experiment went horribly wrong. And that person uh, ended up having, like, there was like greed came through right and um control and he caused like an uprising in atlantis and convinced the people the humans in atlantis uh to go destroy lemuria and both were destroyed and all the ets left the earth and like hightailed it out of there and that there was a lot of grief around that that we're still working through here as a um, as a planet abandonment and such like that. And this is the last little thing I'll say is that many of us who are here in the U.S. lived through that time in like Atlantis and Lemuria, and we're working through that karma now again. Like the U.S. is supposed to be like the new atlantis oh interesting so there's some kind of karmic replaying out of on a collective mm -hmm. civilizational level from that yes. time that we're trying to heal now yes whoa that i did not know mm -hmm. <gasps> that's so wild which it totally makes sense if you think about it yeah 100 percent. so if we go back to so the thing that I get curious about, right, is then like why, and I'm sure it has something to do with the 3D versus the 4D, 
And it's interesting mm-hmm. that you say fourth density instead of dimension. Yes. I'm wondering if there's those like are a... two different things. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about so, that. So yes, this is something. This is like my pet peeve is people always talk about going from 3D to 5D, but yeah. that's like, like, I think that was like a spinoff of Dolores Cannon's book, but then it kind of morphed into its own mythology that doesn't really have a basis anywhere else. Gotcha. Um, so. Density is referring to density of consciousness. It's how much light versus how much matter like is within your body, within your consciousness. Dimension is a place. Okay. So that's more like a plane of existence. So could you say that like, so 3D and 4D and 5D, D meaning dimension Mm-hmm. are all happening simultaneously the same way that London and Cairo, Egypt and Asheville, North Carolina are all mm-hmm. simultaneously happening just in different locations. Yeah. It's like, you can kind of think of it. Like I think about it kind of like an, um, somebody who's like animating, you know, like an old school animator, how there's like the background. And then there's like the one character like slide on top, you know, the different yeah. films kind of, and you yeah. can stack them. So that's kind of, it's all happening simultaneously at the same but like if you were you know in the you know fourth dimension things might look different than if you were in the third right okay this is very interesting because i've intuitively understood while i was on mushrooms Hmm. that i was no longer in the same place like in my apartment yeah Mm -hmm. like i've i've been in ceremony and I'm like I went somewhere else like yes after I go through the kind of you know what I call the portal or there's like that you know 20 to 30 minutes of like if you drink tea where you're like kind of rising up and you're like shifting and you feel all these Mm -hmm. energies moving in your body right and then you know if you make it through to the other side of the portal I've like opened my eyes and I've been like I'm not in my apartment anymore. Like I yeah, am in my apartment. You're like, I'm but, here, but I'm not here. <laughs> but this is different than the apartment I was in 30 minutes ago. And it's not just yeah. that like, oh, I'm on mushrooms. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a different place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and so that's probably a dimension shift. Yeah. And it and the intuition that's come through is is that it's fourth dimension. Yeah. And like that. Mm-hmm very specific this is wild this is this is this is where like my work with mushrooms and ceremonial is my apartment first of all it built itself through me was my experience Uh and it was like i would put a rug out and then the apartment would either tell me yes or no and i would be Mm. like okay i went through like like if anybody who knows me during the time when i got this apartment in Asheville knows that like i went through like eight different rugs and I would like roll them back up and put them back in the box and ship them all the way back to UPS. And I got eight different wind chimes and like, I just couldn't, it had to be right. Like this, that Uh was just the feeling of like, it had to be perfect. Mm. And I wouldn't know until I brought something in if it like matched or not. Then this turned into like sort of a ceremony space that I was doing ceremonies and holding ceremonies, doing ceremonies with myself and close friends. And through the process of the ceremonies, I was like, oh, I think the mushrooms built this mm. place because it's so hard. I, I, and for the longest time, I've like had this dream of having an architectural digest 
person come to my apartment. This is so crazy. <laughs> and do mushrooms because this apartment was created to be experienced in another form of consciousness. And I didn't know that until mm. the first time I did mushrooms here. And I was like, oh. Like, oh, I get it. Like, everything has an energetic resonance and signature that in this dimension makes it so much more beautiful. And like, mm -hmm. like I've, like I created something, like imagine this, imagine if you um, were painting with glow in the dark paint, mm -hmm. but it was daytime and you had oh, yeah. mm -hmm. no idea. And then you turn the lights on and it was something completely different. Yeah. And you like because it looks we can't way. see energy in this. Most people can't right. see energy in this. Right, and dimension. I'm not a person who it comes through visually, but I feel it. Yeah, and so it's like when you're on mushrooms, it's like the light switches, and then a, suddenly a totally different thing is happening in the apartment, and you're like, whoa! And it's like I kept on saying, like, I feel like I'm in Japan in the year 2070. Like that's the only way I can describe how I'm experiencing <laughs> my apartment. Is like, this is crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's just little weird things like places I put lights that then like end up like I don't realize this, but then they like end up going through leaves and creating like, you know, like tree of life patterns on the ceiling and like oh, crazy wow. shit that like I couldn't have even planned. But I was That's just like, so no, cool. this candle needs to go here or this thing isn't supposed to go there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um and so that's why it's been so hard, like feeling lately like I've been called to give up my apartment. Mm -hmm. is because I'm like, no, like this apartment's like... so special. And I worked on yeah. it for, it's 700 square feet. It's tiny, right? But it's like all open plan. It's 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 gorgeous and it's brand new, uh, backs into the forest. But I'm like, this, it has a special resonance energy signature. Everything yeah. is like very intentionally it's sacred. placed. Yeah. yeah, it's very sacred and it feels like a portal to somewhere else that I created yeah. energetically. Mm -hmm, um, totally. So that's why I was like, so heartbroken when during this energy healing session I went through recently, it was like, give everything away. And I was like, I can give anything away. And then I was like, oh my God, everything in my apartment, in my apartment. But it looks like somebody's actually going to come in and just rent it furnished. And he's like a oh, that's nice. breath worker, energy person, mushroom. Like, I'm uh -huh. like, Oh, this is great. Yes. Oh, that's a good fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, wait till you do your first trip here. You can't. But This place um, is special. This place that you you will find your, yeah, exactly. Um, But it's also really funny because like in my apartment, I have, I don't know if I've ever shown you this. I'll show you this and then I'll describe it. But it's literally like, it just looks like a jungle. <gasps> oh my gosh. Like... It's, it's over like, the it's top. It's so lush. It's over the top. It's like just so many tropical plants. And I have humidifiers usually going most of the day, even in the summer, even when it's like so humid. Mm -hmm. And then I've got all these like warm, fuzzy, and I keep it super hot. And I couldn't like – like people come in and they kind of like make fun of me. They're like, why do you have two humidifiers in a 700-foot <laughs> apartment in the middle of Asheville, which is a rainforest? Yeah. Like – it's already humid. And I was like, I don't know why. I just, the apartment, this is what it wants. And then I was on mushrooms and I realized, oh, the mushrooms like it. Like oh, there they you want go. damp, they want moist, they want tons of plants around them. They yeah. want like, they want hot and humid. So it's like always 80 degrees and then tons of like, I was like, the mushrooms literally 
like the spirit of the mushrooms <laughs> built this so that they would be comfortable while they are journeying because my latest theory is that we oh, don't take my mushrooms. Goodness. Mushrooms actually take us. And then yeah. they like trip on having a human experience. They're like, whoa, oh, I'm on so a human funny. right now. <laughs> whoa, this is crazy. Experiencing consciousness through a human body. Like they, as much as we're tripping on them, they're tripping on us. Um, and so funny. they built this apartment so that they would be comfortable tripping in the human body so that it would be somewhat similar to a, a, a comfortable environment. So that totally makes sense. And you were receptive to that. So you were able to like translate without even realizing it totally, <laughs> what they wanted yeah. totally i just i was just feeling it right and i was uh, yeah. microdosing at the time so you know i was really working mm. with the spirit of the mushrooms already um and letting it come through but now for me that's why like set and setting is so important for me because mm -hmm. uh it's like depending on the harmonics of the environment you're in and how i feel like the mushrooms feel and experience the space you're in can impact your journey. And I think that's why so many of the journeys I've had in this space in particular have been so incredible and magical and amazing is because I'm surrounded by life. It feels like you're out in nature. There's so many, I always bring tons of fresh flowers and like oh, anytime so I'm nice. doing ceremony. Yeah. And then there's tons of water features everywhere and lots of, you know, humid humidity. And, um, I also like to do it like in darkness or like not darkness but like deep shade right mm -hmm. like i usually just do candles and um because it's like honoring the spirit of the mushroom and, and what it likes and mm -hmm. if you're inviting the spirit of the mushroom into your body right or into your soul and your psyche you want to i don't know just like create a welcoming environment for it to come into is how yeah I think about it. be intentional about it totally and so you know most people will say like that is a way uh, over the top way to think about set and setting. <laughs> Usually it's like, you know, don't be around loud music. Don't, you know, right. like make sure your kids have somebody that's watching them, right? Make sure you're in a safe place. Um, mm -hmm. But I think of set and setting as, as also very much so, you know, how would I prepare for a guest who's coming Yeah, to stay with me? Um, yeah, you're the knowing host. Knowing what they like, knowing what, yeah, I'm the host, knowing where they're from, knowing their customs, knowing what they're used to, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's that's very, um, that's very much how I've thought about, or what I've realized about my apartment. So this 4D mm -hmm. thing, I have mm, a, a yeah. kind of an experience with it in my own way through, um, through different work. So is that why that there's no, if they're a fourth dimensional civilization, does that yeah. mean that they were more advanced than us? Yes. You mean like who? Oh, you mean the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans and the, and, and the Lemurians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because it was integrated with the, and I would, I could only imagine that the energy created by having all these star beings there who were, you know, fourth dimensional beings because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they were in bodies, but they were, Five 5D is where people go into light bodies or beings go into light bodies. So I met some of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so um, you know, if people are walking around and they're in a body and they're from another place, they're they're four D. So besides us here, three D people. But so that would have like shifted the frequency of the whole of Earth. Got you. Mm -hmm. Got you. 
Which is why, you know, as volunteers here, where there's so many of us, we're here to help shift that frequency again, because we are, you know, four, five, six, seven D entities in human bodies. That's not, if there are millions of us here, that's going to shift the frequency of our whole planet. Wow. 7D is um, raw, like the law of one mm-hmm, consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, or like, um, I think of like Christ consciousness, Buddha consciousness, oh, kind of like yes. basically. We need, some, we need some of those. It's time for, <laughs> right. we need a, we need the whole team. We need Buddha, Jesus, and yep. the prophet. Yeah, all we need a good come. ground team here. We need we need them all come back at once. We need them all to be friends. We need them all to be like, hey guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. wild. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. Um I'm super fascinated. I, I found this book when I lived at the Lama Foundation, which is an uh interspiritual is a interspiritual ecological intentional community out in um, Taos, New Mexico. Uh-huh. And so it's people from, it's like, you've got Buddhists, you've got Catholics, you've got Muslims, you've got a lot of Sufis, you've got mm-hmm. um, people who are agnostic, right? And you've just got like, you know, me who's just running around. <laughs> uh, and they bring them all together to share with the goal of sharing spiritual technology with one another. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so they teach each other what they know uh-huh. and what they've what they've learned. And so, you know, there's like a mass on Sundays and then you have Zikr on Thursday and you we do um uh you know, all kinds of different like a lot of the community will fast during Ramadan. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just very interesting to watch all of these people who are from radically different mm-hmm. spiritual backgrounds come together and then and then you have people coming in and it's like and it's like everyone so you know we had people coming in who were doing a lot of like uh santeria from cuba mm-hmm. cuban santeria and you know like teaching the the catholic person how to like you know throw chicken bones and divine them and speak to the spirits mm-hmm. and stuff and so it's really interesting um to i don't remember how i got on this but just thinking about as a species like as we begin to come together and share our spiritual technologies that we're each discovering right as opposed Mm -hmm. to being like there's only one spiritual technology and there's only one oh a hundred percent yeah i mean it's it's seeing each well seeing it all as a viable like access ramp to the divine totally 100 percent. it is just a mode of transportation and if it's yeah. not getting you there it's not doing what it's supposed to do <laughs> right. like so <laughs> think about that for a minute right right i was tripping out the other day oh my gosh okay can i tell you a story yes so i um you know i have chronic pain most people are listening know yeah. i have chronic pain and it got really bad the other day and i was like i don't usually take pain medicine because i'm like i want to listen to my body i want to hear it even when i don't you know so i try not to but i was like oh i was like i need some cbd or something and i started yeah. learning about this herb that's called solomon's seal which uh-huh. i I'm told like, the let guy let me write this down i need yeah. my own thing yeah it's called Solomon's seal and it's crazy. Most of it is poisonous, but the root has this wild effect on the body. 
mm-hmm. where it is it recalcifies and decalcifies. So it's a balancer. Oh. So if you have a bone spur, uh-huh. it can decalcify it. If there's some place in your body, like a ligament or a tendon or whatever, that needs more calcification, like your bones, it can recalcify. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. It's, in, it's intelligent. It doesn't just do one or the other. It helps the body harmonize somehow, magically. And uh-huh. it's super well known for uh, ligament, tendon, and muscle, like the musculoskeletal system, because mm-hmm. it will lengthen and shorten the ligaments in your body. Depending and it just on, knows what to do. And it just knows what to do. Or it what? somehow works with your neurobiology or, you know, it was wild. So mm-hmm. I learn about this thing and I'm like, I have to try it. Like I have to mm-hmm. try it for my chronic pain. I'm like, so I go and there's in salves and you can take it obviously internally. But I was like, okay, in the meantime, I'm going to look It put me on this. I was like, I'll just get a CBD cell for now, right? Until I can fight solomon yeah. seal. Um, I get to the place. I meet this very funny man who mm-hmm. is so full of joy and is like, I don't know a lot about weed. People like assume I'm a stoner. I'm so not, <laughs> nor have I ever been at all, right? People just like. People assume you're a stoner. <laughs> oh, people walk up to me and like offer me joints all the time or like ask me for weed all the time. I just like, I guess I have that vibe. Um, That's hilarious. It's cool, you know, it's all good. But, sure. but. I've never, I've, I've always been a lightweight. Anytime I try to smoke, I like end up coughing and dying and like get yeah. way too high off of one puff. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> so I don't, I don't smoke weed. Um, but anyways, I mean, this guy who we like have this weird soul connection and we start talking to each other and he tells me, so first he explains the endocannabinoid system Endocannabinoid system, yeah. In the body. And that basically mm-hmm. we have like, specific receptors and that we create cannabinoids within our own body already yeah which is wild and i'm like we create these weed chemicals that we're like oh that's illegal right i know yeah i I got into all this like on my search for uh (laughs) more holistic medicine for all my issues and it yeah yeah, it's like mind-blowing so mind-blowing so he's like explaining all of this science to me and I'm totally into it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course I'm like, I steer the conversation towards mushrooms and he tells me that, so he got into the cannabinoids because he had this accident where he had some virus pass through his blood brain barrier and like oh, uh-huh. something really bad happened to him and he ended up paralyzed and like mm. he couldn't move either of his legs, his right arm and the right half of his face. Wow. And the doctor's like, you're never going to walk. Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, he's like running around the shop, like showing me everything. <laughs> right. But one of the things he told me and shared with me was that on a mushroom journey, he, so this was like kind of after his accident, he still had the whole right side of his face was paralyzed. So he'd been doing all this work and all this physical therapy. And he's like, I'm going to show them wrong and, and, you know, whatever. And he was yeah. making a lot of progress. And then, but he still had like, if you've ever heard of Bell's palsy, anybody's listening, he's like, it's mm -hmm. that, it's that, but times 12, because it wasn't, Bell's palsy is just one nerve and all 12 of the nerves in my face were Mm. compromised. So it was Bell's palsy, but like times 12, like, like he was like, my face was hanging off. It looked so weird. Yeah. He says he did a macro dose of mushrooms, his first macro dose of mushrooms, magic, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. Within four hours, he had regained the ability to blink 
Oh my goodness. And scrunch his nose. And his face was no longer just hanging off. Like it looked normal again. Whoa. And he thought he was just tripping. He's like, I'm just hallucinating. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm imagining this right now. Like, this yeah. isn't real, right? This is his first time ever doing mushrooms. Fast forward, like, the next day, he regained all of that. Wow. And he's not the first person that I've heard. Just anecdotally, they're not researching this. There's no research studies out. Or if there are, they're way, like, out of my, and I keep an eye on, mm -hmm. on what's happening in the research. There's somebody else who anecdotally who I know has nerve damage in their feet, 10 uh -huh. years, chronic. After microdosing with mushrooms for three months, they regained feeling in their feet. Wow. After they'd gone through so many different therapies, which makes sense because if you think about the mycelial network of a mushroom, it's identical to the internet, which is identical to the brain and the neuronal structures mm -hmm. of the brain, mm -hmm. right? So even embedded within the consciousness of the mushroom is all these synapses and it's a connector, right? That's what it does in your brain is it connects all these areas of your brain that usually don't speak to each other when you're right. on a, a, a mushroom journey and you create all these new neural connections in your brain um, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's why people say it augments creativity and creates really new visionary ideas and because you're literally accessing parts of your brain that maybe aren't even really supposed to connect are connecting and <laughs> yeah. you're getting synesthesia <laughs> and you're like, whoa, like it just completely mm -hmm. opens up a new perspective for you. I'm like, of course it would do that in the body as well. And he was talking about how in the cannabinoid, cannabinoid, cannabinoids, cannabinoids, cannabinoid. Cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. This, is, this is cannabinoid. Uh, this is how <laughs> much a, not a smoker I am. Um, yeah, in the cannabinoids, that there's some that affect your brain and some that affect your body. Yes. And so my theory is obviously, you know, the brain and the body is really not, there's not as much of a separation as we'd like to think there is between the right. two, but that there might be either certain strains of psilocybin or other compounds within. Uh, the magic mushrooms that have effects on our body and our physical bodies and, and the nerve structures and can do healing work there. Um, yeah. So anyways, he's telling me all of this. And while he's telling me all this, he's showing me these gummies, these CBD gummies. And he's uh -huh. like, yeah, they don't taste very good, but you could try one if you wanted. I don't want to sell them to you. You know, we're like buddies now. He's like, yeah. I can give you a sample. You know, da, da 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 So he gives me the CBD gummy, and so I take it, and I eat it, and he's telling me more about it. He's like, the flavor profile, and da 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 I swallow it, and he's like, and the THC, like, <gasps> the THC high you get from it is really mellow. Like, it's not too intense. And I'm like, oh, my God, you just oh, gave no. me a gummy? You just gave me a sample <laughs> of a gummy? This is what happens when people think you're a stoner. They just, like, <laughs> yeah. don't even think to tell you, oh, by the way, this has THC in it. Right. So, anyways, I ended up getting, like, so high. Oh I my had to gosh. like drive home and meet. I started feeling it coming on and I was like, yeah, I got to go, dude. And I like run home and I'm so high here at my house. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. I haven't been high in such a long time. And I was just like, yeah. I called my friends and I was like, dude, the guy, at the, <laughs> the guy at the apothecary gave, gave me a CBD, but really it was THC. Oh, he got my me gosh. good. Did, so. did I tell you about when I had my near death experience, when I had a gummy and I like met, I like died and I like. <laughs> no, what? Okay, this time when I was on vacation a couple months ago. Is Wait, similar... recently? Yes. <laughs> no, you never told this to me. <laughs> what? Okay, so it was a similar story where, um, well, okay, so I'd, I was in New Orleans because just on vacation and, but I need like, 
I need CBD and THC to help me sleep because yeah. my body's all messed up. So, um, so I like went to a local place and I hadn't had a CBD gummy with THC in a long time because I usually vape because it's like a lot easier to control how high you get. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I, he like gives me whichever one he's, and I think it was like 25 grams of THC or something. And I just forgot how much I usually take. Oh my and I was, God. <laughs> so then what I can't believe you're still talking and standing in front of me today. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So what happened then was I like, we were going to a burlesque show uh-huh. at our hotel and it was like okay I'm just gonna like take this while I'm here that should make me like nice and sleepy by the time you know it's bedtime so <laughs> I'm like sitting there and my head just starts like everything the room just starts spinning like insane and I'm I'm like to my husband I'm like we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go now and so then I get in to we go back to the hotel room and so I get tachycardia. Um, I have a vagus nerve modulation issue. And so like I get pretty bad tachycardia sometimes where my heart just like gets stuck really high or like does really weird things. And so it was like at some for some reason I threw my Apple watch off into the corner or something because I was just like not in my body and I was like sobbing and <laughs> was like going so just i was so fucking high i've never been this high in my life did you realize that that's what it was is, is, is that it was your high oh yeah yeah okay. because i because this had happened to me before like maybe in college where i like smoked too much you know mm. but now i'm like super careful about it yeah but totally. i'd never been this high in my entire fucking life and so then i'm like in <laughs> the bathroom like hunched over the toilet like vomiting my brains out oh, and God. my heart rate i can tell like I can usually tell how fast my heart is beating by by how it feels and how I can hear it in my ears. And so I it just my heart rate started climbing and climbing and climbing. And I was like, it's probably like 200 or something. And it was just oh like stuck there. And I'm just hunched over this toilet. And then all of a sudden, like everything, this like golden light starts coming in. <laughs> Stop. Jesus is like, come here, my child. It's time. And then I was like, and I was like, oh my god, I'm dying! Like this, I, I'm dying right now. And I, I felt so. I've never felt this type of joy in my life. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, see you later, suckers. Yeah, it was like my, and I felt, I felt the presence of like entities around me, like my star family, who were uh-huh. like, just like waiting for me, like, hey. And then, and it was just like golden light for like I don't know how long I was there but like I was not conscious it was just golden light and like ecstasy (laughs) and then I was like shit I gotta go back god damn it (laughs) like then I like left and it just felt like I was like dropped back into like this fucking bathroom in this fucking hotel room (laughs) over this toilet in this same body and I was just like damn it (laughs) Oh my god. It was insane. That is so wild. I love it. And then this I had story. my and then I had my photo shoot the next day. Oh my god. You're probably still a little high. I was like vomiting all day and I was like, this is going to be 
the worst thing ever. If you look at the like raw images of the photos, my eyes are like bloodshot red. <laughs> oh my god! Like, thank God for so Photoshop. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That oh was God. fun. <laughs> that's such a funny story. Okay, so you and I both have had yeah. our, our gummy. yeah, yeah never having a gummy edibles. again. Never. Uh, that's just ever. the problem with edibles. Is uh, yeah, it's so hard yeah. to to modulate. Um, but I ended up getting some really great CBD from him. Oh, he was. But here was the other thing I was gonna tell you about him. Was he? I when I mentioned Solomon Seal, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't mess with that stuff, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't oh. mess with that stuff. And I was like. <laughs> what like here's this guy what? who like tells me that he smokes weed every day and is doing macrodoses of mushrooms and i'm like well, it's solomon seal and so we end up talking and he's like yeah i don't i'm not really into magic and i'm like oh what interesting yeah and so i'm like what are you talking about because i don't think you're talking about what i'm talking about or you know something i don't know and so uh-huh. he reveals to me that Solomon's seal or the seal of Solomon is like from, I guess, like esoteric or um, what do you call it? Uh, sort of like occult Christianity that uh-huh. there's this, or maybe it's in the Bible somewhere and I missed it, but that Solomon gets this ring and uh-huh. on it, it has the a seal. And with this seal, he can conjure entities, oh, uh, both angels and demons. And so he does, and he, like, garners all of the information from the universe or whatever by talking to these entities and by summoning them because he has this seal on this ring that was given to him by God or whatever. And mm-hmm. so the Seal of Solomon, I guess, is an occult symbol, and there's an actual, if you Google it, right, Seal of Solomon, not Solomon's Seal, oh. you will see all of these different, um, like, seals or insignias or sigils or whatever you want to call it, Um that are used in conjuring practices and that are used uh, to speak with entities or do uh, seances or, or whatever when you're it's like more like Wicca pagan um, mm-hmm. traditions use it. And so I thought that was also so interesting that like that is interesting. It just so happened to, and that the day I found out about it, then I talked to a guy and he told me this other thing. So <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was all very interesting. He was also telling me how he was like, he was so funny. He was hilarious. He's like probably in his late forties, early fifties, just happy dude works at a dispensary. But he was telling me like about like how he can make himself orgasm with his chi energy <laughs> without using his hands <laughs> and all this shit. He oh was my like, gosh. He was like, can I tell you something weird? Because we started talking about mushrooms and stuff. And I was like, I don't think you can weird me out. And yeah. then he like starts talking about how he's like, I can make myself come. And I'm like, well, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that kind of weird. It's like. That's like uh, next level. <laughs> that's, that's a different kind of weird than like aliens yeah. and interdimensional stuff and energy work and angels. Right. Like that's one kind of weird. This is that's like. That's like a whole other personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a personal kind of weird. <laughs> Um, no, but he was, he was super innocuous and, and harmless and I, I rolled it. I was like, okay, this is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, he was telling me about how he like creates his whole body orgasms with his chi energy and, and That's basically hilarious. how CBD has helped him do that and, and all this other stuff. So huh. wild. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. I have a couple questions that I did write down that I'm very okay. curious. Um, sure. maybe we can just kind of do rapid fire Q and A. Oh, yeah. Um, so, first of all, oh, I forgot to mention this. How crazy is it that we're recording this during Lionsgate? Oh, I know. 
<laughs> and I didn't even... The Lionsgate portal. Yes. I love that, of course. It makes so much sense. Yes. Um, and I love how, for me, astrology, I don't know anything about astrology. I don't know when it's a full moon. I don't even know what season we're ever in unless it's Gemini season <laughs> because I'm a Gemini and that's it, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I always just intuitively pick dates. And then my astrologer friends will always be like, oh, that's such a good date because Jupiter's doing this. And actually it's this portal and da, 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 da. Wow. Like you planned that yeah. so well. They're always like really impressed. And I'm like, I did not do that on purpose. So uh, <laughs> this is just another example of that. Um, so question number one, awakening to being a star seed. What is the most difficult part? Hmm. I think probably the isolation. Hmm. Like feeling, it's like feeling like you can't talk to your you know your kids about it you can't talk to your partner about it unless they're automatically super receptive of it right it's like you can't talk to like maybe even your coach or your therapist you know without kind of sounding like a little bit out there I think because it's not mainstream yet um yeah so I think that can be really difficult yeah I will say when I had my first Etsy contact experience um Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever shared, I've, I've alluded to it on the podcast. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. like really gone on a deep dive into it, but long story short, it was a consciousness visitation of five grays uh-huh. who after, who explained to me too, that like during the mushroom journey, they had like implanted themselves, like something vibrationally about the mushroom. They were able to implant their consciousness into the mushroom. And then when I took mm-hmm. it and shifted my vibration, like, mm-hmm their consciousness was able to like meet and be with my consciousness. And so it was like implanted isn't the right word, but it's the word I'll use. Like they had kind of found this way to implant their consciousness into mine as well and communicate with Mm me. And during an inner voice session, they came out because I had no idea. And then I went into this like deep inner voice kind of almost hypnosis session and they started talking and communicating Oh, and they had a totally different voice and it was so Uh weird. And I was like watching it happen and I was totally freaked out, but I was also seeing them in my mind's eye Uh and they were so funny. They were like hilarious. So three of them were very serious and they were explaining about like the mushroom technology and how to use it and how not to use it and why it's very important. And that like, it's actually like in some way is meant and designed. I don't know if it was designed by them, but they were like, it's designed. Like we're trying to refrag the human computer because there's like something that's happening Mm. with the trauma in your evolutionary system that's not working. And so it's basically like they're trying to upgrade our software with this. Oh yeah. um, That makes sense. And like evolve us. Mm -hmm. And so they were like telling me that like, you know, I need to be on it and I need to do these things. And they're like, don't do it too much. You'll fry your system. It's too much electrical current. It's too much, you know, Mm. whatever. So like, don't be doing it every weekend, even though we know you want to, right? It's like, give yourself weeks and months of time to integrate each time. And then they were telling me that as the longer you do it, the the more you can hold it more often, right? Mm. But that at the Mm -hmm. beginning, if you do it a lot, it can, it can fry you. And then they were kind of like, that's what happened to all those hippies is they like fried themselves because they like couldn't hold the frequencies and they were just doing it too much. Um, That makes sense. 
but they were literally, here's what got me. And here's why I think it wasn't like a delusion, right? This is the only <laughs> thing I was like, this is so weird. Yeah, I highly that, doubt it's a delusion. When it's that it, specific, it's like, uh. Yeah. yeah, well, and they were like just giving me so much information that I was like, whoa, yeah. this is interesting. Uh -huh. But so three of them were like very serious and they're like, we're on a mission to save humanity and save the planet and like da 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 and here's what you need to do and here's how you use this medicine and here's what we're going to help you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then two in the back were like goofing off, like not paying attention. <laughs> and they were like super excited. They're like, we're on earth. We're on earth. They're like, oh, we want Gucci. Like tourists. <laughs> They're like, yeah. oh my God, if we're on earth, that means we can get Gucci. And all they wanted was Gucci. And the one in the front had to keep like kind of being like, knock it off. Like pay attention. <laughs> like quiet in the back. <laughs> yeah. Like shut up. Like we're not here for Gucci. We're trying to save the earth. That and is funny. So they were like, but the, I guess they were really excited about like Gucci because mm -hmm. it was so like, you know, just like if you visit a different country, you're like, oh, let me shop at this brand or whatever. So yeah. afterwards I got really freaked out because for three days I could still hear them commenting on things yeah. in my brain. And I was like, oh, like what you're speaking to about the isolation is that I was like, I have to be very careful who I speak about this to. Yes. Yes. Because if not, I'm going to end up in a padded cell somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And so that isolation was very, and I'm lucky that I have people who have had their own spiritual intergalactic awakenings around me and have really close friends who are, you know, able to support me through this time in, in ways that was really important. And that I don't know if I would have made it over that threshold of spiritual development if I didn't have that kind of a community and that kind of support around me at that time. Um, Cause yeah. I started getting more and more afraid of like mm -hmm. the things that they were telling me and nothing they were telling me was like scary. Right. But it was just like, yeah, but if you have sometimes... like no context, it's, it's. And then be... suddenly you're hearing these voices in your head and you're like, Oh yeah. God, all I've got they're is, like, you what? know, <laughs> the standard, you know, uh, Western, you know, mm -hmm. uh, psychiatric model to look at it through. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good. Um, right. but they were hilarious. They were like so funny because they would like make comments. Can you hear me or is, is the sound go out? No, I'm, I'm no, back in. No, we're good. Okay, I think cool. my headphones made. Oh, that's okay. Um, they would like make comments all the time. And sometimes they were sassy and they were bitchy. Like <laughs> it was so funny. Like there was this woman, I sat down to do some work. And at that time I was like having so much and they were telling me so much about my business. And this is when I was in the first launch of my first round of the 16 keys. And they were oh, just wow. like channeling all this information about the branding and how it's going to work. And like, I was just like, Brr. so I like went to a cafe to just like sit down and just do all of this work. Cause they were showing me stuff and I was like, okay, great. Yeah. And this woman sits down and she's so loud and she's like Southern. So she's loud and she's Southern and she's like, Oh, you know, just being yeah. loud and Southern, which I'm in the South. So that's fine. Usually. But literally, I am, like, annoyed, so I, like, look over at her. And I have my headphones in. I'm trying not to hear her, but she's being so loud. And so I, like, look over at her, and the aliens go, ah, and she's not even wearing Gucci. <laughs> like, what on You're earth? like, what is my life right now? <laughs> I'm like, these aliens are talking trash about you, ma'am. Like, they do not like your outfit. So uh, I was just like, so I started calling them my Gucci gang. Because oh, I love that. <laughs> The thing that happened was I started getting really freaked out. And I mm -hmm. then when I started getting freaked out, it was like 
I started seeing images of aliens everywhere, but they were really scary. Like, mm. they would come up in my feed, and it would be a really scary-looking alien. Or, yeah. um, you know, I would be on TV or bumper stickers or whatever. And I was like – and I could feel – it was – I don't know how to explain it other than I could feel their presence in the image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like you're in that image. Like, in Harry mm-hmm. Potter, where there's, like, the people and – The people moving in the frames. The people yeah. moving in the frames. It felt like yeah. that. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, this is scary. And then my friend was like, those images are coming up because you're afraid of the aliens. And that's where yeah. you're at in your relationship with them. 100%. And as you heal mm-hmm. it, you're going to become less afraid. And yes. you'll start seeing friendlier – physical manifestations or representations of aliens in your field. And so like yeah. I did that I did that work with her. And so we started calling them the Gucci gang. Mm-hmm. And like I made up a little song about them. <laughs> and I was like, uh yeah. Just made it really silly, really lighthearted. And then immediately like all these cute little aliens and the little grays and cartoons and you know what I mean? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh it was such a relief. Yes. Uh, that's what that's how I would I would describe that that was what happened to me as well as a as a kid, right? And it was like, and growing up, it was like I I only saw scary ones, and they like terrified the ever living shit out of me mm. until I changed. Until it was like shifting my relationship to how I like thought about them, and then it then yeah, that totally changed. That's wild. Yeah. So it is. You know, anybody who's going through any kind of an awakening to mm-hmm. interdimensional contact or ET contact, um, it's so important to be in a community of people or have have close people that you trust who are also knowledgeable and yes. aren't just going to immediately, like, no matter how loving or trusting someone is, if you start saying, like, there's aliens in my brain and they want to go buy Gucci, they're going to be like, <laughs> okay, well... Um, <laughs> I'm gonna call someone. You stay here, right? Um, right, right. And so, so. also, I think having a like, not just seeking out any community because I would say like the general starseed community, just because it's just because they also believe in aliens doesn't mean they're necessarily knowledgeable. <laughs> Right. There's... It's like Christians, right? It's like there's a yeah. big difference oh, between like Westboro Baptist Church, like mm-hmm. God hates facts kind of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then, you know, they all believe in Jesus, but they're very different. These communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that can be kind of a shock to the system, too. Yeah. When you start, you're like opening up to this idea and it feels raw and it feels true and it feels important to you you're still kind of delicate in that way where it's like you're still in that kind of liminal space of like you could turn back and totally run away from it. And so when you enter, then you're like, Oh, I want to find people like me. And you enter a community and it's full of people who are talking about stuff that is just kind of crazy out there or, you know, about fear narratives or whatever, then it can be like, Okay, I'm just like hightailing it out of here. And this is, I don't want to have any part of this because I, I had a little bit of that. And I was just mm. like, okay, I need to find my people or create a space where I can find my people because I, I could not find my people out there. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, even I, I, the metaphor around Christianity is so apt because it's like there's 
little seeds of the truth woven in with like all this other crazy stuff that you're like, what yes. is that? Right. And when I say crazy stuff, I'm talking about like the conspiracy theory narratives yes. or these like deep fear narratives that are mm-hmm. kind of have, have kind of like infiltrated and are now somehow kind of like adjacent to alien theory Yeah, that really have no place in no. most I, of, you know. Yeah, and I think it's because some of the loudest voices in the room are talking about these things. Mm. So, you know, because maybe who knows why they have their own motivation or whatever, but like the big kind of thought leaders and people out there, a lot of them are talking about, you know, they focus their the platform agenda. around the dark agenda. <laughs> well, let's talk like... about that was literally my next question is the dark agenda <sighs> and just yeah. your your general thoughts, feelings and body sensations around it. Because when you started talking about it, the way you talked about it, I was like, I feel exactly the same. I've never been able to put it into words. Yeah. But it's I've always just been like it's put yeah. off. It well, okay, so what is the dark agenda first? Let's let's for the people who are <laughs> yeah. listening who all of this is new and they've never even thought about aliens before and they're like, How did I end sure. up listening to this podcast? Right. Sure. Yeah. So this is like I kind of got I, I stumbled upon it when I was seeking information. Which is, you know, there's like a bunch of like maybe YouTube YouTubers and people who, um, you know, claim to know a lot about this stuff and are in contact with different entities and stuff who tell them information. And they talk about things like, um, you know, the Illuminati, the Cabal, the reptilians on Earth, the entities that are taking over earth and the fight and the you know it's like it's basically one big distraction from what we're actually here to do yes it's it's one long slideshow of world leaders photoshopped to have like reptilian blinking eyes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> which like for all i know that could be true but like i but why go there right you know what i mean it... Well, and and it's so all for me. I found all of those conversations and narratives are so a rooted in fear, yes. but rooted in like protection and defense and powerlessness, yes. and they're very much rooted in this like. So if you even look at conspiracy, right? It comes from the Greek word is Latin conspiro, which means together, hmm. and. So one of the functions, if we go into Jungian psychology, one of the functions of a conspiracy theory is it's to bring people together, right? It's to Uh have people feel a certain sense of togetherness. And so in times of uncertainty and instability externally or um, collectively, many conspiracy theories will propagate because people are feeling destabilized. They're feeling disconnected. They don't know how to locate themselves. So... Uh, with the thing that the conspiracy theory always does psychologically is it oversimplifies good and bad or good and evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the hallmarks of if you're ever wondering like, is this a conspiracy or is this not a conspiracy theory, right? If it's super conflated and it's, it's like, this is the good guys and these are the dark agenda and this is like, right. And it's so black and white. Mm -hmm. The reason why the psyche will look to that in times of turmoil is because it wants to know a clear, like, adversary or opponent 
mm-hmm. and it wants to know itself as being on the good side, right? It's like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm a good one. I'm part of the good team, right? There's no yes. part of me that's bad or wrong. So it's also this way to like disassociate itself from the darkness in the world and be like, well, I'm not that and I'm against that and I'm this. Yes. And so it has the function of creating a mythology within which people can live where they can locate themselves in the current political or um, external events as good and then bring them together and create a sense of closeness, which creates that sort of bond that people yeah. are often looking for in times of an instability. You're looking for, there's a human drive and a need to have community, have tribe, have, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, conspiracy theories will abound to the degree to which the human psyche is destabilized. Yeah. And ill-equipped to deal with those destabilizations, right? Right. Yeah. And I think also it's, I find it ironic um, because like one of the things that we are here to help with and that are like one of the major key pieces of us as a civilization that we need to address before we awaken is, is fear. Mm. Like in, in awakened societies, there is no fear. That doesn't even exist because it's who would you be afraid of if you all know that you're you're the same consciousness you're all just a reflection of one another right and so in our kind of this time of deep separation we're always looking for the archetypal boogeyman that we can blame all of our problems on and we can you know subconsciously like feel you know safe from in number and protect ourselves from but like it's just so interesting because i what i see happen is like okay in these communities it's like okay i'm woke now you know and, and but then it's like everybody just looks for the ways that everybody outside of them is against them yes and by doing that you just become you're just in the same oppressed system that you were in before except now you're like oppressing yourself because you're afraid of different things that you were before totally and you're isolating yourself from most of society and and that's the thing it's like when it turns into this like you know one of the things that happened during covid was like the the term sheeple started getting thrown yes, around yes yes right yep that's exactly what like, i'm thinking of <laughs> like sheeple those sheeple right yeah. and it's like okay if you're in this state of denigrating people who you know whatever i have so many perspectives on covid that i can mm-hmm. probably write a book from each different one right it's a yeah, very totally. multifaceted multi-dimensional experience that we all went through and 100%. for me watching humanity respond to it was much more interesting than where it came from or who done it yeah. or you know whatever i was like this is what i'm interested in right mm-hmm. um <clears throat> But when it when like when somebody moves into a space of maybe like denigrating people who are who they believe to be behind them in the awakening process mm-hmm. and being angry at them and like then my intuitive feeling is like I don't know if they're on the path to awakening because yeah no you've just traded one flock for another flock totally and it's very much so like 
this way to externalize the anger that you feel, right? When you don't know Mm -hmm. how to deal with it, then you can put it on this other group of people who don't know what's going on or who are all asleep. And there's a lot of like moral superiority that comes up in these communities. And it's like, well, I know more, so I am more and I'm better and you're not enough. And um, for me, you know, the way I theorize about it with subconscious theory is I really look at uh, it being related to uh, social rejection Mm. dynamics and Mm -hmm. people who carry those wounds of social rejection want a reason to reject society. People who feel like they've been rejected by society want a reason to, to, for this information to come out that proves that they're superior and that they're better than everybody else and that they know more and that like everybody else is stupid. And then Mm -hmm. they get to live out that fantasy um, which is why I think you see a lot of that, a lot of these conspiracy theories uh, proliferating specifically in the far right in the, uh, you know, like lower white, uh, like lower middle, I want to say white class, lower, lower middle class white communities yeah, who have been feeling or been, fe- been fed a narrative of how disenfranchised they are yeah. um, and that leads them into the space of these conspiracy theories because they feel so misplaced in society or or they've lost we we could say yeah over the last 70 years the place of the you know white male has dramatically shifted in society and mm-hmm. the the way that they inhabit society mm-hmm. uh, and so when they're feeling listless and lost and dejected by society um or like they don't know where or how they belong yeah the conspiracy theory communities provide a level of cohesion that uh, is maintained in that vibration. It's a cohesion that's maintained in the vibration of rejection in the vibration of not fitting in in the vibration Mm -hmm. of this, like, you know, I'm superior, you're, you know, this hierarchical. Right. So it, it creates what exactly what you're saying. It, It recreates that dynamic but from the but within that vibration it's not a unity consciousness right? no and it's like it's a little culty you know like that's yeah. exactly how people get involved in cults it's like when you're feeling disenfranchised you're feeling othered that's when it's like these movements whatever it could be any movement right can yeah. like that has that kind of like culty feel can you can easily get swept up in that and so i think it kind of has that vibe to it and some of these factions, you know? And yeah. so I think that people who are intuitive can sniff that out. And it's like, I don't want any part of this. Right. Because it's just, especially if you are on a path to true awakening, then yeah. you're like, this doesn't seem like, you know what I mean? It just you're like, this fit. isn't right. This is, this like- is not <laughs> it. Like, yeah, Hillary Clinton's a reptile. Like, yeah. you know, I, maybe I mean, she is, I mean but- maybe, but like, I... But, but like, why is that cares? the only thing? Yeah, why is that the only thing we're learning about? And it's just so yeah. steeped in fear and yeah. um, just like it just defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose of this whole thing. <laughs> the the whole thing that we're trying to do as star seeds. Yeah. So yeah. I asked you, what's the most difficult part of awakening to being a star seed? What's the most amazing part? Hmm. I think connection. It's the flip. I guess it's the flip side of isolation. It's a connection to. I think so many of us have felt really lonely here, either subconsciously or just like literally because we felt um, 
uh, uh, this like vague knowing that this isn't home mm. and um, this kind of like inner longing for connection and what it is is its connection with our star family and so when you find out that like oh like I like sometimes you find out like okay you know part there's me but there's also I have star family here on earth that mm. you know we all incarnated together or you know they're elsewhere and now I get to build that connection with them and visit them whenever I want like through this kind of inner journey which is quantum hypnosis or you know you can learn how to do it on your own but it's just opening that connection to a part of you that maybe you never you instinctively knew was in there but you never had like a tangible understanding or answers. Yeah. What I would say, and this is just something I just want to reflect back to you of something I saw in you because mm -hmm. I've kind of like our paths crossed right when you were really started <laughs> get coming into this journey. And it's just yep. been like a wild ride that we've been on together for the past year, or a yeah. little longer than a year actually. Um, mm -hmm. watching you wake up to this, realize it, get comfortable talking about it, you know, stepping into your power. I think one of the biggest shifts I've seen in you doing this work is how clear you are on your purpose yeah, and how located you are in that purpose throughout your day to day, but also really throughout your business and how mm -hmm. aligning into that deeper purpose and your deeper mission here on earth and having this larger perspective mm -hmm. has allowed you to expand and create your business from a completely different vantage point uh, that totally. has felt so much more empowered than the way the ways mm -hmm. in which you had been trying to fit inside a box or do something else mm -hmm. or, right? or like trying to figure out. Yeah. Like I think yeah, when we met, I was just kind of like, I don't even fucking know anymore. <laughs> like I just, I know I was supposed to be doing this, but I like didn't know what I was supposed to be doing anymore. <laughs> and yeah. so it was just like very clear, you know, in my awakening session, my past self laid it out for me. And he, you know, he told me like, this your is past what... self is a man. Yeah. He's oh, I didn't a, know that. Yeah, a Lyran male uh, who was in the Intergalactic Federation. Was... I just assumed it was a woman. That's so no. funny. No, most of my past lives have been males. And this is oh. like, but I intentionally chose to be a woman in this lifetime. Rock on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he's like a sad emo space boy. Like, <laughs> but he, um, yeah, he, t he, laid it out for me and like told me okay this is what you're supposed to be doing in your business and this is how you will do it and it just was like okay this <laughs> is like super clear the only the only problem was like learning how to actually talk about it without feeling deeply terrified that I was going to be like I don't know <laughs> thrown into the loony bin but. yeah yeah or burned at the stake or you know any of yeah, that. yeah yeah no, for sure. What ended up helping you overcome that? Because, you know, mm -hmm. we did, we talked about it a lot and it's something that we worked on a lot. And now you're just like full on out <laughs> I'm just there. like, I'm not censored ready. anymore. I don't care. Anymore. Yeah, totally. Well, what, yeah. what, what do you think was the work that changed that for you or just in your experience? Like 
I'm mm-hmm. just curious to know what was the thing or maybe some of the thoughts or yeah. how you got there. Because even if it's not aliens, we could all yeah. do this oh, on place in our business, right? Yep, yep. Um, yeah, for me, it was like building consent within my with inside of myself. Mm. Like for me, it was really connecting with my inner child. And s- because like I think – in my life, I have either overridden my own consent so many times or have had my consent overridden upon me, you know, when I wasn't able to um, say no or whatever, you know. And so it was like, I think there was a little piece of me inside that little Monet that was like feeling so scared mm. of being judged or being uncool or like whatever it was um and so it was like being really really connected to her throughout the process and taking teeny tiny little baby steps and never going past anything that she felt was too much Mm, that is so powerful because Mm -hmm. so much of what we're taught in the standard life coaching industry is so centered around like this patriarchal push force yourself yeah do um, it scared do it scared you know vomity whatever and it's so centered around it's not so not centered in consent within the body and it's like oh Mm -hmm. your body isn't consented great like that's how you know you're doing it right um and it's just so messed up if you put that in any other context you're yeah absolutely right i'd been trying to do it that way for so long and and it and I'd wanted to like run and hide from my business because of that. So I had totally. to find a new way to do it that totally. didn't feel that way. Because it becomes a form of emotional abuse. Absolutely. Right? If you're constantly overriding your own consent to try and run your business, then you're abusing yourself emotionally. Yep. Um, and you can only grow so much as you are able to take abuse. And yes. your relationship with yourself ends up devolving. I see a lot of people who, you know, when they're in this framework or this paradigm, they just like, they're so used to stepping over their own consent that they no longer have a a relationship that's founded in trust with themselves because how can you trust yourself when all you ever do is break your own consent? You wouldn't do that with a partner or a relationship or a teacher or a family member. So what makes you think it's going to be any different with you? That is so powerful. Yes. Like slowing down. Yes. And that was the hardest fucking part for me because I was just like, I was like, ready yesterday to like put all of this stuff out into the world but it was just like I had to rein it back because I like really go painfully painfully slow but that was the only way I could have done it because it was like I could tell when I was leaping too far yeah and then I would freak myself out and then I would have to like pull back and be like okay there's there's I'm blowing past my own consent right now and I need to really go a lot slower Totally. And it's so interesting because I actually think where the real fear is for many people is in going slow, that there's so much fear you have to be with and conquer and Mm -hmm. so much programming you've got in your mind or whatever it is about slowing down that Mm -hmm. that's actually the bigger, deeper fear. Like when we talk about like, you know, vomititious or, or, or whatever, like do it, do it scared. It's like, that's the 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 actual fear the fear that's oh yeah that's what's driving so you fast yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. totally and it's a scarcity thing you know it's like 
if I don't go fast, then, you know, um, but I, but I feel like going slow in my case will pay off in the long run because I didn't, I didn't get here in a way that like completely shot my nervous system. Like I was so, so <laughs> like in tune with how I was feeling at every little step of the way that, you know, I, now that I'm here, I like, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm so happy and I'm free and I'm like, <laughs> I, I get to be myself. And that's like th the coolest thing in the whole world. Yes, it is. It's been so incredible to watch the transformation in you and just who you are now and you know me having a front row seat to your journey and getting to mm -hmm. cheer you on and watch you tackling this stuff and expanding and the level of contribution that you are offering to the world it's just so fucking cool it's like incredible and it does take a lot of faith and trust to slow down oh 100 you know for anybody listening who might be feeling that call and that urge i recently got that call and was like, no, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, we're going to go. It, and it's, it. what's interesting, oh, God, I've got something in my eye. Um, <laughs> it's okay. What's interesting is, for me, it's not even a call to slow down because that's the wrong, like, that's not even an appropriate descriptor of yeah. the time-space reality vortex that's being created for what I'm, what I'm about to do. It's... I'm being called to go deeper. Oh, 100%. And so it's like it might look on the surface like I'm slowing down, but I'm mm -hmm. actually like I feel on the verge of tapping into something that is so beyond where mm -hmm. I could even get with where I'm currently at that it's like a whole timeline jump, a whole portal, a whole dimensional or density shift or whatever's about to happen to me. I don't know. But yeah. it's like, that's one way of thinking about it is like, you're not slowing down, you're deepening. Or the mm -hmm. other way I think about it is like, there's some things that you don't want to rush. No. Like you don't want to rush a baby. Correct. <laughs> you don't want to say, you know what? Four months, let's do it. Yeah. Right? Even though, yeah, most, most uh, obstetricians try to like rush the process especially towards the end but it's like no let that baby bake as long as possible <laughs> yeah it's like we never put a cake in and be like you know what let's just try and crank up the heat and put it in for you know five minutes instead like yeah. when we look at nature and we understand how there is a time and space and place for every single phase of the development of a tree or of a fruit, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then it has to mm -hmm. ripen before it's actually ready to serve its purpose. We can then understand, I think it's very seductive, this idea that we can just like get wherever we want to be and push through and, you know, it's yeah. just like create whatever Manipulate we want Manipulate time and space to get the results you want. <laughs> totally. And I'm not saying that there aren't, situations and times where you have those breakthroughs and those things happen. But when I have seen it happen is when somebody has been doing the spiritual maturation work of yeah. really deepening and of really ripening spiritually and maturing spiritually so that they're ready for that. Because, you know, mm -hmm. you pick the mango off the vine too soon and it's hard, 
right? And right. it no longer serves its purpose. It's no longer able to be in, enjoyed. And I think I watch so many people trying to get somewhere so fast that they keep building energetically unripe containers mm-hmm. or unripe. Oh, yeah. um, I can so relate to that. That's like how the first like two years of my coaching business went because I was just trying to create everything with my brain, you know, my conscious mind, when there's this whole other, literally like whole other entity within me that was like trying to get my attention to be like, no, this is actually what you're supposed to be doing here. Totally. And so it's just like, there is really a process of alignment. I found, right. My big jumps happen when I move into alignment. And so sometimes for some periods of my life, I have to be in alignment. I'm like, okay, this is a three months where I'm not doing any growing or I'm not doing any external, like my roots are going deeper and I'm doing deeper aligning. And mm-hmm. then it's like you get into the vortex or into that energy field of the, of the aligned space and then poof, things shoot off. Yeah. And that's not how it works for everybody because we all have different energy grids and, and we're all different energetic blueprints and it's all written for everybody, how it's going to unfold completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no need to compare or, or think that your growth is going to look like mine or mine's going to look like yours. But uh, it's just an invitation to actually sit and you can tell. If you're listening to my podcast, right? I really trust the people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, You have the insight and the awareness to feel in and to be able to tell, okay, am I not taking action because I'm scared, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. Or am I not taking action because it's not time yet? Mm-hmm. And the resistance I'm feeling is actually a sign and a signal and it's guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can feel the difference between the two kinds of fear, right? There's like oh, the yeah. fear that's like pushing you to drive and do it now and get it done and da, 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 da. And then there's the fear of not doing that. Yes. Right? Like what if it yes. all falls apart and what if I never make any money? And what if I, you know, if I'm not constantly beating myself and pushing myself over the edge, what if like I can't run, you know, and be successful and da, 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 da. And there's that fear. And yeah. you can tell the difference between those those kinds of f- fear 100%. because working on one feels awful mm-hmm. and facing and working on a, the other one feels like peace. Like you'll be like, oh, there's this, there's this fear I'm going to face, but on the other side of it, I'm going to feel so much peace. Yes. Yeah. And there's, you have to like really get comfortable with trust and like trusting yourself, trusting whatever other plan is happening outside of like what you can even control. Yes. That has been so me the past like eight weeks is I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just feel like I'm constantly surrendering to this plan. That's bigger than me. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen in my life. Like I literally, I get puzzle pieces and they don't fit together or make any sense. And I'm like, I'm missing a lot of puzzle pieces, but the ones I have are very clear. And I'm like, okay right and so it's like you've heard me talk about the four stages of consciousness before right yeah yeah so there's like i i renamed them this morning in my head because Uh i'll just talk about the first three right there's like victim consciousness um and then which is like against me is what mm-hmm. I renamed it, right? Like everything's against me and I'm alone and I'm isolated and da, da, da. Then the next level we usually get to where most people get to with coaching work is the by me consciousness mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm going to work, I'm going to effort, I'm going to create. If it's to be, it's up to me, right? But that also ends up feeling very lonely. 
and very uh, energetically taxing. It's like swimming upstream. Yeah, yeah. And then what Peter Sage calls it is a through me consciousness, right? I'm going to let this happen mm-hmm. through me. I'm renaming it uh, collaboration or collaborative consciousness mm, where you step into yeah. a level of consciousness where you're able to start collaborating with spirit with your star team with your guides mm-hmm. with what's happening your around you self, whoever, with your higher yeah. self whoever yeah. you tap into um mm-hmm. or just with life right you're able to yeah. you're not like it's it's the classic thing of like i'm gonna dynamite my way through this mountain and push and <laughs> da, 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 when there's like yeah. literally like uh you could just if you really wanted to get across the mountain, maybe there's like a little river. You could put a boat in it and go over it, right? Right, like right. Collaborate. It's that different level of consciousness where you kind of start choosing the path of least resistance mm-hmm. in a way that is very intelligent. And you start working smarter instead of harder. Yeah. Um, and so it's about moving into collaborative consciousness, especially on your journey where things can create themselves through you. Like my apartment created itself through me. My right. the 16 keys created itself through me, right? Mm-hmm. Your business and this whole program, it like came through to you in like what? Like, like I think it was like in two days. You're like, I got it all written out. It's like, all I so got my, my whole new program, three totally. modules. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, it was wild. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> let's talk about. That's the, I always get the name wrong. Say the name. Oh, Business Alchemy for Starseeds. I always say Starseed Academy for Business Alchemy. <laughs> I am, like can never get it right. Um, yeah. Business Alchemy for Starseeds. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have like two ways that you can work with me. I have, I work with one-on-one clients um, all the time. And so that's like, that could be, you know, depending on where you're at in your journey and what type of support you're looking for it could be you know working together for one month six months whatever wherever you're at and that's like doesn't necessarily have to be focused on business but it can be um where we use quantum hypnosis to help kind of go in and connect you to whatever's trying to come through you and whatever you're supposed to know right now like if you feel like somebody's been tapping you on your shoulder like trying to tell you something like that's the time to do it um and then any of my like private clients if we work together for more than three months I include business alchemy in that so business alchemy is um it's like a, a lifetime access on on demand type of a program so we have three modules where we do earth school so like understanding what as star seeds, like why we're here, what that has to do with anything. Uh, and then we have galaxy school, which is helping understand your own lineage um, of civilizations before you incarnated here and learning how that all plays into everything. And then business school where it's like, how do you integrate that into like, how, how do you do business that's different from people who well, I like to say muggles because that's like the <laughs> I feel like an easy to understand metaphor. You know, it's like we're kind of the the people who do we do things in a different way because we're highly energetic beings. And so, yeah, it's just a different energetic blueprint. Yes. For how you work. Yes. And, you know, if you've been trying to do things the muggle way <laughs> for a long time and it just doesn't 
feel good or it's not making sense um, or you're not getting the results you want and you suspect you might be, a, you know, a more energetic person, then it's, it's a way to help kind of teach you how to do things in this other way. Mm. And so you what get... Yeah, so you get access to quantum hypnosis session, sessions in there as well. Oh, cool. Well, I'm curious, what do you feel like is different about trying to run a business as a starseed? Mm. Um, where do I even begin? So like, I, <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the main things that kind of is a main difference is that like I think about kind of how most people, you know, it's like we get clients with, through this like funnel, right? It's like a very kind of, um, you know, it's like they're all kind of action oriented or material things, right? It's like your website, your podcast, your email sequence, whatever, right? And so um, those are very kind of like earthly concepts and um tangible things right yeah yeah totally and so the way that i think about it for us is it's more like our funnel it's not really a funnel it's like more like we're a lighthouse Mm. and we are shining out this frequency out into the world and so the people who are coming to us who end up being our like really you know the clients that we are supposed to work with on a soul level because it was it's actually orchestrated out of our control Mm. we need to be able to be visible and bright enough so that those people can find us because i think of them like you know they're on a boat out in the ocean and it's like their spirit team is like their like navigator or something or their compass and they are trying to orchestrate that with you and your team and that's how your clients actually come to you it's not just like this concept that like anybody can be a client you know it's like no it's actually more than that like people come to you for a very specific reason that only you have the right medicine for them because that's something that i experienced when i was a doula um that's when i first started experiencing that where people would come to me and it would be like Every single solitary one of them had the same exact like issue that only I could help them with. Whoa. Because they reflected like my own births with my own kids that I had like interesting these really interesting complex things. And so every single like it got to the point where it'd be like somebody would come and interview with me and I'd just be like, I already know how your birth's going to go. Like and then it would it would be that way. And so I knew how to prepare them exactly in the way that um was going to happen and then it would happen (laughs) and then it would be like you know i that was when i started to really see that like all of this was planned like none of this was by accident i bet all those little kids because i don't know a lot about your birth or the births of these people but i'm guessing Mm -hmm. it's complex maybe high risk or 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 something like Mm -hmm. that or (laughs) complex lead up to labor where it'd be like i'm in labor for a week and (gasps) this like baby won't get into active labor 
that baby's like, I don't want to be on Earth. Like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not yeah. ready. I, yeah, oh. I have some crazy stories that I could tell, but I don't think we have time for this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, another time. Next time. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, I bet all those babies were star seeds. Oh, 100%. Sure. 100%. 100%. And, like, the clients, like, the moms looking back, like, it was just ridiculous. How And I wasn't even on social media at the time. These people wow. just find me. Like... Yeah, and so it's it, that, but it's that lighthouse, right? Yeah, yeah, the energetic lighthouse. So it mm-hmm. sounds like when you do business as a star seed, and I mean, this just so resonates with me. Like everything mm-hmm. you're saying is, it's like uh, the thing I was talking about is like embodiment. You you got to be it, right? Yes, whatever it's who you're, you're selling, it's versus... who you're being rather yeah. than what you're doing or what you're saying. It's like who are you being about it and how are you embodying this thing in such an, an energetically pure distilled way that's going to really impact people and not just impact people, but kind of impact the quantum fabric of reality in such a way that like it just drops in, in the weirdest, craziest of ways that might not even be on social media or wherever you're marketing. It's just like you being you, you know, just transforms the -hmm. world. Yeah. And, um, And I think also part of that, it's like knowing who you are, like in order to be and embody that you have to know who you are. And in in my, in my book, it's like the way to knowing who you are is to know who you've been before Mm. you came here on earth. Like if you're a starseed, it's like you have to open that connection, that channel up so that you can see like what, what's on the other side of this one experience that we're living here one i think it gives you so much of a deeper context for Uh why you're here what you came to do where does this fit in in terms of all the other lifetimes you've had right yeah and um, what karmic themes you've carried here you know based off of what civilizations you might have come through yeah and it, it it's a way to know thyself right it's like yeah you're the things you were telling us about when you were little that are so weird and so random suddenly mm-hmm. like make perfect sense once we get the alexa's talking to me <laughs> oh now she's playing music <laughs> alexa <laughs> stop the music <laughs> alexa has the aliens are talking oh no maybe a message wants to come through <laughs> maybe i'll just listen i accidentally said her name Okay. Anyways, um, building that energetic frequency will just allow people to find you once you build that frequency and work in that vibration. But having these clues to who you were Mm -hmm. helps you to get clear on maybe why you are the way you are and just Mm -hmm. locate yourself so that you can move through the world in a purposeful way rather than not knowing like I don't know how I showed up here and I don't know what you know what I mean it's like imagine if you just woke up one day in London and you're like well I don't know why I'm here and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't (laughs) know what's going on and I don't know who these people are around me and I don't know anything but I'm just gonna go eat a baguette you know right right yeah okay that's one way of doing life or you can Uh start asking these bigger and that's what I love about your work is it really invites us to start asking the big 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 questions Mm -hmm. like who are we how did we get here why are we here and like why are you why did you become a life coach like because it's not the reason you thought it was right like you your soul has some sort of mission here 
So it's like, what is it? And once you know that, everything clicks into place. Yeah, it was very interesting watching you because you're 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 kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not like the classic template of my client, but like mm. you came in and you've got all these different interests, right? The ideal client avatar. <laughs> ideal client. Yes, you're my avatar, <laughs> yes. right? But you've got all these different interests. You've got all these specialists, like you're a multi-modality practitioner, which I work with many multi-modality mm -hmm. um, practitioners. So it's not just hypnosis. You also have this long background as a doula, mm -hmm. right? And then you have this deep spiritual practice that you've carried with you throughout your life. And then you're also a life coach and an mm -hmm. incredible life coach. And then on top of that, you also have like you join my program and then you start channeling all this galactic information. And it's like, What's been so fascinating is as you have tapped more and more into your purpose, all of those pieces of you have integrated and they all make sense and they're all being used. All of yeah. your talents, all of your gifts are being used in this super powerful holistic way where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Oh, 100%. Like, because all of the things seem so random and I had been figuring, I'd been trying to figure out for so so fucking long like what like why why <laughs> like what does this all have to do with one another um yeah and just like also being like a like I used to work at a tech company and I did like marketing at a biotech like company it's just like all this like random stuff and it's just like I know that like I'm being led to do something and when I was when I realized like somebody else is leading me to do this. Mm. And like, that's when it was just like, oh, now that I'm open to that and that that's my understanding of all of this, then it was like I could tap in and then it all came out. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, my experience was very much the same. Mm -hmm. It was like once I had entered, because I was so fragmented in my identity as a coach where I was like I'd created this new identity that mm -hmm. didn't really have anything to do with me. It was just like what I was yeah. seeing around. And then yeah. it wasn't until I integrated like, oh, I spent 10 years working in fashion and like dressing up for fashion parties and like going out and doing my, you know, doing my makeup and, you know, like mm -hmm. doing these crazy club kid looks and all this stuff. And it's like once I was able to integrate that into my brand, I suddenly understood like, oh, I'm sp I've everything I've done. Like my, you know, yeah. not a lot of people know this, but I studied uh, anthropology in college, oh. which is random. And I was really good. And I got this really fancy uh, Fulbright grant. And I was like doing uh, after college uh, Fulbrights are usually for people who have finished their masters, but I mm -hmm. like whatever cajoled them or just impressed Ooh. them. I dazzled them into giving me one as an undergrad. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and so like I was doing anthropology work uh, in mm -hmm. Europe uh, as, you know, like a 21 year old. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. um, so just these weird experiences. And then I became a makeup artist and then I was in yeah. fashion and then, you know, and then I became a life coach. And so just all these weird experiences. And it wasn't until... I sat down and, and really kind of had a couple, honestly, deep mushroom journeys that helped me integrate all of it into something bigger. That's like, mm. oh, now I understand like, 
you know, now a big thing I teach about is like culture and transformative culture and culture as like a transformational technology, right? But that's all my anthropology stuff coming in, right? Right, And like right. understanding and then, you know, the fashion and identity and life coaching and it's just suddenly all brilliantly blends together. And so I think knowing who we've been and contextualizing it also helps us to integrate and utilize everything, all of our talents and everything we've been given in our businesses mm -hmm. or in our mm -hmm. lives into our businesses to have it be a, a more powerful reflection of who we are, the totality of our, our energetic being and frequency, which is what we're here to do. Um, but also it just makes everything so much easier. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I think like a lot of us kind of are like, I think maybe have felt like wanderers a little bit. Oh, that's actually a term that um, Ra uses for starseeds. Oh, really? Wanderers. Life. Wanderers, yeah. And I think that a lot of us feel displaced a little bit. And mm. so it's kind of like when it, it's like that relief of having identity. And when you move through the world in that way, it's just so different. You're so much more sure of yourself, you know, when you understand like, oh, this is who I am. And like, this is, this is my job here. And this is why I'm in this like shithole planet. Like, it's like, yeah. you can finally start to have fun and be like, like, I don't know. For me, it made, the, it made things a lot less serious and a lot more like fun here on mm. this, in my life. Yeah. Well, it's like that lesson that can be used anywhere. It's like once you understand the spiritual lesson in the situation, suddenly you're like your attitude and your energy around it shifts, yeah. right? It's like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm being prepared for something greater or whatever, as opposed to being in that kind of like, you know, victim -y consciousness around it. Of like, why is this happening to me? Or why was I born to these parents? Or why was I, yes. you know, yes. whatever it would be. Mm -hmm. uh, once you understand the why, suddenly you're like, oh, because I'm you're like, like, oh. Now I can just make peace with this. <laughs> totally. Like, move on and like have a little bit of fun instead of like, yeah, I think because that's, I'd always grown up feeling so responsible and so serious. I'm such a serious kid. And like, just everybody's like, you're such an old soul. You know, I was just like a little adult and like a <laughs> little you, <laughs> like... you're, you're, little you like flashing through your brain, like your planet being destroyed. You're like, I've been through a lot. Five. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. I was already tired when I got here. So yeah. it's just like, now it's just like, oh, I can, I can let that go now and just yeah. like live. Mm, that's so beautiful. All right. Let's let the people know where they can find you and hang out with you. And you're, yeah. you're, we'll say your podcast again. We'll get your Instagram. We'll get the name right of this business alchemy for star seeds. Yes. It. You can find that on my website. I think it's pretty, it's just my website and my podcast are the same. It's the starseedawakener.com. And well, yeah, my podcast is the starseed awakening podcast. And my Instagram is at the starseed awakener. <laughs> So it. I've been trying to keep it consistent and clear. So Yes. Amazing. And drum roll. The most exciting thing is that the business alchemy for star seeds is opening today. Yes. So it is open for enrollment. Today is the first day that you can get access to all the course and all of the materials. Um, and I am posting this literally as soon as it uploads to my computer, this recording. So it'll go up shortly. 
Um, but yeah, we're very excited. And I just want to say from me to you, how proud I am of you putting this work out into the world. And just, I know the level and depth of soul searching and spiritual work and inner work and just what a grounded, deep, powerful place this offer comes from. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited because it feels like the seed of a giant oak tree. I'm like, oh, so for those of you who are lucky enough to be hearing this podcast and some of the first people to get to be in Monet's space and be a part of uh, what Monet is building, get your booties over there because (laughs) it is powerful, this work. And um, yeah, there's just so much to unlock and discover. And it's such a fun, magical, amazing, unbelievable, mystical, mysterious journey that our souls get to be on as we recover this information. Totally. And also like if you're, curious and you're just like I don't know I feel like I need to like talk to a human about this (laughs) like if you're just kind of awakening to this part of yourself you could book I have like links on my website you can book a call with me too and we can just talk about aliens we can talk about dreams you've had (laughs) that's how most my clients find me is that they the aliens visit them in their dreams and then they find me (laughs) so (laughs) we can talk about whatever and and uh, yeah, I can answer some of your questions. Totally, for sure. And that really is, I think, the core key, most important thing is just finding connection, finding safe people to talk to, people who understand, yeah. people who are educated, people who are not all wrapped up in conspiracy theories and the dark agenda, but people who can <laughs> help you locate yourself in your power, in your pathway, in your purpose uh, as an interdimensional uh, soul. And as a uh, being from the stars. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm (laughs) so uh, excited for everything to come. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.